Hi, hello. Welcome back to another Passive Pixels Media Capture podcast. This time I actually said the full name. Uh, I just got done streaming Hot Shots Golf, so I apologize that the audio is going to be wonky because this is what happened the last time. Although, no one complained except me. Dorian, how are you? Uh, doing good. Just scarfed down a piece of leftover pizza. Sick, so, sick. Yeah, that's the first thing I've eaten all day, so I had to eat something before we started this. And uh, yeah, otherwise we've been good. Mm. You see, in the Discord, I decided to... Well, oh, sorry. In the Passive, P- Passive Pixels Media Discord, uh, blah, blah, blah. Do you want in? Sure, why not? I'll send you an invite. We'll figure it out. Uh, I created a new channel uh, that I just have dedicated to reminding me, hey... You're a little bit of a fat ass in the way you eat. Can you maybe stop and pull that back? So I actually have a record of what I've eaten today. I've had some peanuts. I've had a banana. I've had an iced coffee. And I've had four jugs of, well, no, three jugs of water. And I filled up on my fourth jug. So um, I'm going to ruin this all later on by getting probably a double cheeseburger, six nuggets, and a small fry from McDonald's. But hey, it's about the effort, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You should uh, you should grab yourself some eggs Benedict tomorrow for breakfast. I hear uh, that's a delicious <laughs> a delicious meal and a uh, really good breakfast. So that's that's we what I recommend. We can't have inside jokes within the first minute and a half. Okay, we I'm can't... not doing an inside joke. Okay, sure. Okay. Just... <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Eggs Benedict is not an inside joke. Sure. Okay. It's <laughs> no, a great breakfast. No, I hate it because now I have to advertise the Discord again. So then that joke makes sense. Hey, do you want the the reference to what that is? The Passive Pixels Discord. Uh, you see what you did? You twisted my hand, and now I have to advertise again. <laughs> uh, Fuck it. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're on the ad block, okay? Send me money. That's it. That's the ad. Send me money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, time... what's your list? <laughs> uh, my list. Uh, okay, so we've got Sakura Wars 2. Sakura Wars 2. Wait, wait there's a 2? No, no sorry. Sak- no, no. I, I'm already fucking failing this. Let's start over. Okay, all right. Dorian, what is your list? Thank you. Uh, Sakura Wars, Final Fantasy XV, Overwatch 2, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me, Twin Peaks The Return, Wild at Heart, Severance, Better Call Saul, Under the Skin, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, Groundhog Day, Hereditary, Scanners, Eastern Promises, Crash, Existence, The Brood, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, my list uh roma wildlife a marriage story uh interstellar stoker jaws the northman only yesterday the tale of the princess kaguya grave of the fireflies the double paths of glory first reformed spider-man no way home and ichi the killer okay now i'm curious because i know i watched everything all everything everywhere all at once oh i did not put that on my list so thank you the good thing is is though that I did put it through. Here's the thing. I think I've been really bad about watching movies that I just keep forgetting to log them. But I did at least still remember to put them um, in letterbox. So even though I forgot, it's still on here. So, all right, let's go ahead and read off my list. Uh, I've got the original Metal Gear 1987. Better Call Saul seasons four and five and six. But, you know, like that's whatever. That's keeping those separate. Uh, Freedom Wars. The Sopranos season one. The Pacific. All but two episodes. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Better Call Saul Season 6. Rainbow Six Siege. Uncharted Golden Abyss. And Hot Shots Golf World Invitational. So, um, again, you are towering me. Um, it's funny because I just... We are recording like an hour after I got out of work. My wife has a thing where whenever she gets out of work, she calls me. We get out of work at the same time, right? And she calls me and is like, okay, here's how my day is. Blah, 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 blah. What are we going to eat? Blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, I just called her right now and she's like, oh my God, you're going to be like three hours or four hours gone. And I'm like, no, no, it's not going to be that long. It might be that long because, you know, Dorian (laughs) over here is going to be towering me with his list. And I told her, I was like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't remember this because we both have shitty memory. And I told her, I remember telling him, I've watched more movies than you. And I'm pretty sure you took that to heart, even if you don't remember. It was like, bet. And then you just fucking ran off with the balls. Like, I'm going to fucking catch up and even lap this motherfucker. I can confirm I 100% don't remember that. But we're going to say that I did. And that's the new canon. (laughs) The new canon is that you swung so hard into movies to prove a fucking point. That does sound like something I would do, to be fair. So (laughs) You are 1041. You are at 1041 movies. And I am at... 1099 and oh man i'm catching up dude you were at like 700 <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's been a lot of movies this year so far a lot of movies okay all right you, you now start killing your your yeah move. Okay. Go, go for yeah, it yeah let's all right well I got, I got lots of bundled stuff i'm gonna start with weeb shit get that out of the way so yeah, uh Saku- yeah so wars so i finished it um i, I mean look, god this bless game there's was- not a two yeah wow apparently it's a big did you know it's a big series in japan there's like there's a bunch of them of course so like it this, fucking be yeah so like this is like a giant series which i had no idea anyways point is this was fine i have no desire to ever play any of the other ones though uh it was good as like a single experience i mean there were some good things to it here's my issue with it like when you compare this to something like 13 sentinels which is like the closest i can kind of go to it in terms of just structure not story or anything but that's where i'm getting at I mean, there's no, like, it's like they tried to, they made this game that would be very similar to that. And there's some things I do like about it. Like, I like the bonding stuff and there's some decent character work. But it's just basically 13 Sandals without any of that fucking cool sci-fi shit. <laughs> and just oh, a, no. a, a blander version of that with slightly better combat that I appreciated more. But it was still just terrible at the end of the day. It runs on the fucking Sonic engine after all. So, um, <laughs> nothing good yeah, has ever like, come from Sonic. Yeah, so I mean, I'm overall like it's fine. I don't hate it, but the, I if there's if they did announce tomorrow a uh, Sakura Wars two, which <laughs> there's the joke at the beginning, oh. uh, I would never, uh, I would never play it. Probably that's fine for me. I had my fill, uh, and I'm good on that. So yeah, that experience is done. I'll never have to mention it on this podcast again. Six out of ten. Uh, Sakura Wars one in 1996. Sakura Wars 2, Thou Shall Not Die in 1998. Sakura Wars 3 is Paris Burning, 2001. Sakura Wars 4, Fall in Love Maidens, 2000... <laughs> okay, actually, I think that's probably the best title. I love how... No, no, how... no Maidens? No. <laughs> no, I don't... Not even that. I just love how declarative it is, like, Fall in Love Maidens. There is no choice. It is the year 2002. You are going to fall in love. Yeah, true. Um... Sakura Wars, So Long My Love, 2005, and then the, the reboot sequel spinoff. No, it's not actually that. I just wanted to say it because that clip from Matrix Resurrections is stuck in my brain right now. Uh, Sakura Wars 2019. Um, okay, so for such a short series, then we scroll down to... <sighs> there we go. I found it. Okay. Uh, related media. Red Company and Sega have expanded the Sakura Wars series into various media, media including anime, manga, Don't stage stop. shows, several light novels, concerts, CD albums, releases of soundtracks. Why? Why? It's so popular in Japan. Does does this game? Can this game support all that? No, God no. <laughs> 
God, no. Like, I mean, it's fine. Like I said, it, like I had a fun enough time playing it while I was playing it, but I, it's completely forgettable, and it's something that I would never go back to. In fact, I, I, I probably won't even keep my physical copy of it for my collection. The fact that it's like the fact that it's becoming that big like i can definitely see it becoming an anime but fucking stage shows and all that other shit i mean that's just japan being okay because like you know star wars is like yeah that's an entire galaxy that makes sense where the where the fuck does sakura wars get off going yeah we're gonna have expanded media yeah i don't know (laughs) that's a good point uh they probably shouldn't let's put it that way and uh let's put it to bed because i don't want to hear sakura wars on this podcast ever again i i feel i've done a great disservice to the the listeners so i apologize okay um you're a wee bad of 10 that's gonna be my score (laughs) ah yeah so ten. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna piss people off with this, but I, I don't give a shit. I'm actually gonna put this here. Oh, it's gonna be itchy, isn't it? Yeah, it's itchy. It's it's absolutely <laughs> itchy because now that I know it's a manga, there's I'm 100% putting this here. So itchy the killer. Uh, I actually just watched this a few hours ago, so this is fresh for me. Um, I actually didn't know this was based off a manga until somebody in the Discord told me, and I gotta say I can definitely see it now. And I didn't like this movie one bit. Um, it's very like I'm fine with violence. I'm fine with that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. the violence scenes are actually done pretty well, especially for 2001. But it just there's such there's such a mean spirit to this movie, which I'm fine if that's what it's intending to do. But I just don't understand what the fucking point of this movie was. There was no point to this movie to me whatsoever. I guess other than to tell their story, but the story just kind of sucked. I didn't care about any of the characters they were all reprehensible horrible people and it really did feel i don't want to say anime but it felt just like you could tell there were definitely influences of that kind of shit in there because it's just so over the top with the violence and there's nothing behind it again i don't mind violence if i feel like there's something behind it or there's a purpose to it or we're going somewhere with it. And by the time we ended this movie, which by the way, I will say the ending sequence of this movie was kind of cool. But by that point, I was so fucking checked out. It's a two hour and 10 minute movie. And like maybe the last 15 minutes, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Uh, but the rest of it, uh, it was just boring. Like if there wasn't violence going on on the screen, it was just boring. I didn't give a shit. So definitely not for me. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on <laughs> the Killer. I'm telling you right now, my brain has been swinging back and forth. Like, am I going to give an actual response to this or am I just going to make a shit post about uh, bringing up funny games? And I think literally just saying that statement might be the perfect place I want to yeah, stay. I think, so. <laughs> I think so. We've already got a long podcast. Let's not get into a fucking funny games debate again. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and give this a The Last of Us Part 2 out of 10. Yeah, this was a 2 out of 5 for me. Um, I, I love how that probably makes no sense, but that's okay. That It makes it uh, funny to me. Some people will get it. Uh, okay, and then this, I mean, whatever. I guess it's kind of weeb. But I'm not going to argue, but I'm just going to throw it here so I can kind of finish off my games. Uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 15. So this has been the next. I, uh, mm. I know, I know it's not really weeb, but I'm just going to roll into games. So you call weebs, call games, whatever you want. That's um, just hanging with the boys. There ain't nothing weeb about hanging with the boys. Uh, right, exactly. So Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. I really, 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 and I cannot emphasize the really love this game so far. Uh, I'm still pretty early in, and I know a lot of people have complaints about the ending and specifically the last few cha- or last couple of chapters. So um, I want to give a big disclaimer because for all of you ugh, loyal uh, passive pixels uh, listeners, yeah. uh, you'll remember yeah. the inf- you'll <laughs> you'll remember the infamous Addy Days Gone saga. 
and you know where we one week i was on there praising the hell out of this game and then the next week i wanted to kill myself uh it's very Mm -hmm. possible that could happen with this game we'll see when i get to the end because a lot of people shit on it so i might not like it too i'm gonna say i'm doubting that yeah and i doubt it too but i just want to throw it out there because you know it could happen yes Uh, but what i've played of this so far i absolutely adore it the vibe of this game is just so chill and the world i love this world i love exploring this world they did a great job with that all the characters I've met so far are great. Um, I mean, the story is not anything super in-depth, and I understand there's not a lot of backstory to things, at least that I've gotten so far, but, I mean, I don't really feel that I need it or that I'm missing out on anything by not getting it. Um, I'm sure, I know there's some animated movie you could watch beforehand that might have explained some shit. I didn't watch it, so I'm sure I'm just in the blank on some things, but that's okay. Uh, the combat's really fun in this game. It's a blast to play. The music in this game is just great. I love the music in this. There was a boss fight, I think, at the end of Chapter 4, where you just get this like epic classical music because you're fighting this giant fucking... I think it's just a giant god. Um, and it was great. It was so cool doing that. And yeah, I just have very little complaints about this experience so far. Uh, I'm about halfway in. I just finished one of the DLCs because with this game, it's kind of dumb. There's some DLCs that kind of give you backstory and you can mix them in while you play. So I started to do that. Uh, I finished the first of those and haven't picked it back up since, but I'm about chapter seven. So I think nearly at the halfway point of the game. But uh, yeah, I'll keep slow playing it. Uh, I just haven't been in a big gaming mood. And there's something else that's taken my life that I'll talk about after. But uh, yeah good stuff all right so this is probably gonna well now you're gonna keep playing this game so it's not gonna be my only chance to talk about final fantasy 15 but you know what i will go ahead and revisit how i felt about final fantasy 15 uh the game isn't good it's definitely not good that doesn't stop me from liking it uh it really is just this game that gets by on its charm of its characters and then just goddess queen uh, Yoko Shimomura doing the most insane music for this video game. I actually pulled up chapter four that you were talking about just so I can remind myself. Yeah, you're not even at the part where she loses her goddamn mind and just goes, yeah, this is going to be the hardest I ever go in my entire life. So if you're already just digging the music here, it gets crazier. And it's so fucking hilarious to me that Final Fantasy 15 literally is just hold button for combat. Have you been pressing square to attack? You don't need oh, yeah. to press square. You can. Oh just no, not no, 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 not square. Just the, uh, the whatever the regular swing sword is basically the tr- yeah, circle what? or circle. Yeah, yeah not square, square. Which one's square? What does square do? Oh, I don't remember. I just meant like okay. a button. Yeah. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Ba- basically, yeah, you just have to swing. You ca- kind of roll around to try to get behind them. No, but that here's the thing: more... you can just hold it. You don't need to press it over and over again. You just hold circle, yeah. and it'll auto attack. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I, I, it's not anything complicated, but I don't know. It's fine. I've had, I think it's fine. It's not, it's not, it's not negative to me anyways. Oh no. That was such a huge thing when I realized, oh, I'm not even pressing the button to make him swing. I'm just holding the button to say attack. And it was something where it's like, I, I hate this, but whatever. (laughs) The luminous engine is still pretty enough that I think I'll get through it. Yeah, I think, uh, shout out to Forspoken, Goatspoken. Uh, Okay, sure, all right. I think the the developers of this game are making uh, Forspoken now, and uh, the combat definitely seems more in-depth than that one, so I think they've done some tweaks to it, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I I mean, again, I'm not a big combat guy to begin with for these, especially for these type of games. I'm just focusing on the story. I'm playing on fucking easy mode. Like, I really don't give a oh, shit. I mean, that's fine because like this game really isn't a gameplay thing 
at all like like you're holding button to attack like that that was the moment where i was like okay you know what game i will meet you where you are but seriously how the fuck did you just not even do this that's <laughs> fair but yeah um yoko shimura is a goddess and everything that she touches is gold um even playing um oh what was uh, Parasite Eve. She did the music for that one. It's like, ah, oh, man, these are some fucking bangers. So all the way back to PS1, you got Kingdom Hearts, which, you know, I have many problems with that series, but uh, one of them is not the music. So we got her through the PS2, PS3. Well, that's just a dark zone for, like, j the Japanese you know, developers in general. So, you know, maybe she didn't have an appearance there. But Final Fantasy XV, this girl has been putting out bangers for, like, decades. So um, Final Fantasy XV, I'm going to go ahead and give that a... Um, mm, yeah, no, we're just going to give this a, um, uh, Apocalyptus Noctis out of 10, uh, which is honestly the track that I'm talking about. Please don't look it up if you haven't no, played the game. Uh, I mean, I actually, look it up if you don't plan on playing the game. But, you know, that's that's a fucking track right there. Nice. Uh, no score yet. Still playing. So, still playing out of 10. Uh, and then finally, I'm just going to finish off like I'm my dumb. games. I got the wrong song. It's not Apocalyptus Noctis. Oh. That's the one that you get in Chapter 4. Apocalyptus Aquarius. That's the one where I was like, oh boy, why? Why did you go yeah. even harder? Well, they sound similar enough, so don't blame me. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, you're not wrong. E easy but, to mix up there. Dude, I have a uh, playlist of just the Final Fantasy 15 songs on Spotify. It's fucking hot. I went in there, I got rid of all the extraneous songs. Oh, fucking soundtrack is great. Yeah, no, the music has been just golden in that so far. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Nothing like uh, driving with the boys to uh, Songs of the Ancient Fate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I keep putting on uh, weight of the world. I know it's sad, but I don't care. The boys, the boys, the boys can cry a little. <laughs> Look, man, the boys are there. You always got another sh leathery shoulder to cry on. Okay, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, so, final thing I want to just talk about is Overwatch Two. So, I wasn't even going to put this on my list, but for a couple reasons, I'm going to. Uh, so, I mean, it, uh, so I got back into Overwatch because I'm I'm, I'm a whore, um, and heroin is heroin. And this game is just more heroin to me. So I've been playing a ton of Overwatch. The Overwatch 2 beta literally just dropped an hour ago. Uh, so I was like, okay, and I got to push back recording by an hour so I can just like at least try this at least once or twice. Look, uh, so the I boys like, are gaming. Matches. Yeah. So I, I squeezed a couple of matches in. Uh, and it, I mean, it's more Overwatch. It's less, one less tank. Uh, realistically, though, like, the only reason I want to bring this up is just this might actually, if there's anything that has a chance of slowing my disgusting output, it might be this game. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if maybe this will put a, like, a chink in the, uh, the armor of uh, me just constantly <laughs> watching movies. <laughs> and it's very possible. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Overwatch, I have nothing to add. But I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the way it feels. That, that, that's it that's all i got yeah. um i'm gonna give this a phil spencer classic out of 10 because again phil spencer only does moves that don't interest me at all yeah it's uh i'm gonna play the beta and see how it is out of 10 perfect perfect all right you know uh since we're look i already know what the title of this episode's been it's going like i've known for a while now all right it's gonna be casual gamer summer although i'm probably not gonna <laughs> write gamer because i don't exactly like to use the hard r uh, so i'm just gonna G gamists of course and you know uh uh i'm just gonna throw in my addiction that's here uh rainbow six siege again i i hate this i fucking hate this but it's relevant to the story in the passive pixels discord we've gotten a good group of people that just play them video games and we have 
well, not even us. There's one man specifically, right? This man, he loves the Saints, and we're just going to leave it there, right? This man loves the Saints, and he he coined the term casual game of summer. And you know what? Casual game of summer is in full swing, okay? Is it April? Shut up. It is hot enough that it's summer now, okay? Um, and I have, re well, I mean, you have revisited overwatched and your cocaine addiction to this and i have gone back to my heroin den where rainbow six sieges and we've been playing and oh boy i'm uh i'm really feeling it um the game is still fun i'm pretty sure this is like 1200 hours that i'm in now maybe even 13 i don't know it's been a while since i've done some math all i know is god damn i just want to play more and uh, I've got a huge stack of movies and games and TV shows that are just like, hey, you want to pay attention to me? I'm just like, um, I got to blow up this wall and then throw in a drone camera and I need to blast someone. And uh, we need to pull you in at some point because we did send you that copy like five years ago. So, yeah, I definitely need to get in for a game soon. So uh, sooner rather than later, honestly, uh, because, yeah, I, I'll be playing this Overwatch 2 beta for a little bit, but I can swap out and play some of that sometime. Uh, I really what I what I think I'm gonna do for the most part is try not to. I mean, Overwatch Two is gonna be hard to avoid, but yeah. at least when that ends, I'm gonna try to go really hard soon on Final Fantasy Fifteen, just so I can kind of hopefully get that done soonish, and then I'm just not gonna start anything honestly, so I can maybe casual game or like a asshole for a little bit. So, but I feel I feel bad doing that with uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen hanging over me, especially with it as good as it's been. So, which I mean, come on, like oh god, that soundtrack. But you know, that's that we already got past that part. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Siege uh, um, heat up that spoon faster out of 10. <laughs> that's a good rating. Uh, that's a, I will join you soon out of 10. Hopefully. Wonderful. All right. Now carry on because I'm pretty sure you are still outnumbering me. Heavily. Oh, yeah. Big time. So let's chunk out a big banger right away and do the David Lynch block here. So Ooh, we got boy. a lot of stuff to talk about here. So yes. Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with me. Twin Peaks, The Return and Wild at Heart. So we'll start with all the Twin Peaks adjacent stuff. Uh, I finished obviously twin peaks the regular original first two season run uh it's funny to me though the different <laughs> like so you just like i kind of talked about this in the last episode but you've got basically what is it like 12 episodes 13 episodes of absolutely some of the worst fucking television you can imagine it's garbage, it's horrible, it's boring, it's aimless. Just some of the worst imaginable shit you could watch. Like, there are times where I was like, why am I doing this and contemplating just blowing my fucking brains out? It's horrible. Well, I mean, but, was that because of the episode or was that just a normal day? Just a normal thought. I gotta sneeze for one second. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it never came. And, and <laughs> well, It's like teasing. It's like that thing in the nose where it's like tingling, but I think it's gone oh, now. God, I hate that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so it's great. So, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. But then he comes. So, and then David Lynch, so he's gone for all this period. And then he comes back for the final two episodes. And it's just so laughably funny how, like, the switch just flips and it turns into something completely different. And the, and I hate, I hate, fucking hate comparing it to this, but it honestly does remind me of Eva a little bit, where you kind of just get that switch and flips at the end of the series, and it just turns into something that's completely fucking different, and you've just been like, why have been, I've been watching all of this goddamn garbage up until this point? Now, at least Twin Peaks had a whole really good first season and a lot more positive stuff than that, but just the dramatic shift kind of out of a, at the end of nowhere uh, is really great. And yeah, the finale is very strong and ends on a cliffhanger that, you know, we thought, wow, we're never going to get the answer to. 
Uh, but little did we know 25 years later or 26 years later, there would be some answers, although not many. So yeah, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, first couple seasons, uh, I mean, it's up and down, but it's still an absolutely incredible series. I really wish you would have never made that even comparison. That just leaves me really uncomfortable. (laughs) Trust me, it's not, it's, here's the thing, right? Eva, it's nothing until you get to that end, right? Like there's absolutely nothing for you. Twin Peaks, the entire first season is really good for me. And then the first like seven episodes of season two are great. So it's not exactly a one for one comparison because you're watching so much good shit. I just find that the giant swerve at the very end is where the comparison kind of makes sense. And it's funny. Oh, no, I know. It's just that it bothers me to my core to think, I am two episodes away from starting live action Eva. And it's like, that's not a thought process that I want to be a part of. I agree. So strike, strike it from the record if you want. Okay, perfect. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is going to be the next theme that I get to. I literally have two episodes left of the Pacific and I found through um, certain ways that uh, the Jedi would deem unnatural. <laughs> um, in other words, I'm, going to find a way to watch it through a friend yeah it's definitely a friend i know okay no that now that sounds i'm lying there like no no it is actually a person i know so there is a way that i'm watching it so uh yeah two episodes away i'm going to watch the first two seasons of david lynch then i'll probably go into his movies and then i'll delay season three until like i don't know 2045 once i finish all of his movies so yeah that is my plan uh i'm gonna go ahead and give twin peaks a uh, Control is still a very good video game out of 10. I've probably done that joke again, but whatever. I repeat myself very often. So I'll just now, now we'll just go a little bit into Firewalk with me in the return. Um, fire. Oh, I, by the way, it's a nine out of 10 for me, the series overall. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for those first two seasons, anyways. Uh, Firewalk with me. So just to explain a little bit, obviously I'm not going to go into huge details because Ed's going to tackle this and probably eventually watch it, depending on how he thinks of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Firewalk with me is basically a prequel to the events of Twin Peaks. Uh, and it really, it made a lot of people incredibly angry because you kind of have this like huge, like I said, cliffhanger at the end of Twin Peaks. And it's like, oh, great. He's going to make a movie and wrap everything up. And then the fucker just makes a prequel. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a lot of controversy over this at the time. But I mean, that's just Lynch being Lynch. He's never going to give you what you want. Uh, this movie's really great, though. And what I love about Dave and Lynch specifically is he makes some of the scariest shit that's not horror. And this movie is not really a horror movie. Neither is Mulholland Drive. But in both of those movies might be two of the scariest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. To me, anyways. Oh. And I know horror is very subjective. But the rest of the movie, it's not really a horror movie. There's nothing really scary about it. But these two fucking scenes, man, they send, they literally send a shiver down my spine. They're so fucking scary. And that's what Firewalk With Me is. Now, there's a lot of great stuff here. Some incredible performances in this movie. And yeah, I don't know. They just nailed it. David Bowie's in this movie for a little bit and he just fucking rocks it. There's just, there's so much to love about this movie. They did a great job with it. And I understand why there was some pissiness with it at the time, but I think time has done a lot of really good things for this movie. So I love Firewalk with me. Um, And then the return itself. uh, This is the 26 year later revival, um, which finally continues the events. I'm over half. Well, actually, I think I'm just halfway through it now, so I won't talk too much about it. Uh, it's fantastic, though. It's Lynch on pure heroin. 
It's, you know, there's no checks and balances from here. It's like Kojima getting to do his wildest fantasies. It's exactly what happened here with Lynch, basically. Ooh. Like, I mean, you can tell. They're just, <laughs> once you watch it, you'll see. There's just no way they were like, like, I mean, the network executives are probably like, hey, can you rein this in a little bit? And you probably told them to go fuck themselves because it's just, <laughs> it's some of the craziest shit you'll ever see. But it's, it's so well done. It's like nothing else on television. And it's, you can't even look at it as, as a TV show and Lynch doesn't. It's basically just an 18 hour movie chopped into little parts because the ending of every episode like it, it's so hard to explain but like on a regular tv show you'll kind of have a crescendo where it ends like on like a moment that makes sense but that never happens in this and that's basically <laughs> just because he's forced to cut this into 18 parts when it all should be one big movie so it's great stuff uh i'll finish it and maybe talk more about it but i love it and yeah so overall for twin peaks uh very very high on everything still firewalk with me got a uh nine out of ten as well and then i will talk give a score to the return once i'm done with it uh, anything okay. to say on those oh no, god no, the exact same, same thing yeah, honestly okay and then finally wild at heart so this is nothing to do with twin peaks but this is david lynch so it's being bundled in here mm-hmm. uh this was great this is my first time ever seeing this movie uh, and i really loved it uh nick cage is just this is obviously one of his earlier roles and what? he just he's having a snakeskin jacket and just having a blast with this fucking role and he's great in it Laura Dern, who's in every fucking Lynch movie imaginable, she's obviously great in this as well. Really? Yeah, but here's the best part about this movie, and you might not know this. Fucking William Defoe is in this movie. William Willem, Defoe. Willem. Will, Willem. Fuck, every I, time. I, I, Willem I know, Defoe. <laughs> he's in this movie not even that long. Like, maybe he comes into the movie late. He's in it for, like, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, and he absolutely steals this entire movie. He's so fucking good in here. And I'm just like, oh, I would have loved to see you in more Lynch shit. Like, you're so great. He's great in everything, though. So I, I love him. And yeah, I mean, this is probably out of every Lynch movie I've seen, which there's still a couple I need to see. This is probably the most accessible Lynch movie, I would say. It feels very like there's don't get me wrong. There's still some weird shit in here. Like it's David Lynch. But this definitely feels like something anyone could watch. There's a cohesive plot here. There's like a, a definitive beginning, middle and end and everything kind of makes sense once you get to the end. And I'm like, OK, well, that already is not a usual thing for Lynch. So having those things alone makes this probably the most accessible Lynch film. And uh, yeah, it was really great. You see, I'm very intrigued by the idea of Nicolas Cage and David Lynch, because that sounds like a cross where it's like, what? I I I have I am so blind to so much of David Lynch that just hearing that mix makes my brain go. I don't know what that means. So, yeah, uh, you know what? This is going to be in the exact same camp of David Lynch. I will get to you. Uh, uh, we're probably going to expand this because it's probably going to take me even longer because that exists. So we're going to give the estimate um, 2073. We're going to finish this by 2073 out of 10. Perfect. One quick thing to mention to touch on your point, though. This is actually the only time uh, David Lynch and Nicolas Cage have worked together. And Nicolas Cage recently did a AMA on Reddit, which is an Ask Me Anything, if you don't know, or mm. to the audience. I know you know, but... Mm. Um, I'm eternally online. Na- yes. He didn't name me on Reddit and somebody asked him, he said, Hey, would you ever work with uh, David Lynch again? And it's sad because he's like, you know, what's funny is he basically said that for his new movie, which I'll talk about in a bit, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, there's actually a role of a director in there and they actually want, he wanted, he asked David Lynch to do it and uh, to be in that movie specifically to do that role, which if you don't know, David Lynch acts in a lot of his own roles. So he does act. 
and it's uh sad though because it was right like i guess they were filming this right at the height of covid and lynch you know he's older and he's a little bit you know not in perfect health so he was basically isolating and said no nah, i can't do it but that would have been great and a cool reunion but never happened so kind of sad and the guy they got to do it was not as nearly as fun as david lynch so it was like ah it's unfortunate that's like a what could have been situation that's big shame that's big yeah shame. but yeah so uh wild to hurt for me eight out of ten fantastic movie Okay, uh, carry out because, you know, again. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going. Uh, I'm going to knock this off really quick. Severance. Um, I really only watched another episode or two of this. I, I forget if it was one or two. I think maybe two. So I don't really have much more to report. Uh, I still like it, but it's still very, hmm, to me. Like, I'm just, hmm, what's going on here? Hmm. So uh, still piecing everything together. I've just been kind of slow on it because I had so much other stuff going on, but I do plan on getting back to it eventually. I uh, still got like six episodes left, so that's literally all I have to say. Uh, no, I, I've got nothing to add. Once again, I will bend the knee to Tim Apple. It's not, well, actually, no, I don't have to bend the knee to Tim Apple for this one because um, that place where I'm going to find Twin Peaks, it's um, um, Severance is there too. So uh, Tim Apple, I have eluded your clutches. Suck my dick. Um, out of 10. All right. It's a, uh, I don't know, out of 10. Hmm. Hmm. Out of 10. So here we go. All right. I'm going to knock off another five. So we're doing a yes. little bundle here. So this, this is the David Cronenberg block. So we've got okay. Scanners, Eastern Promises, Crash, Existence, and The Brood. All right. I'm just going to cut very quickly and say everything I said for David Lynch, the exact same thing here. We're going to put the <laughs> estimate up to 20.99 out of 10. So here you go. Go on ahead. <laughs> I will die before I watch all of this. Yeah, no shit, eh? All right, so let's start at the top. Scan. So, oh, first of all, quick backstory. Uh, mm. Why am I watching all this David Cronenberg stuff? Well, it dawned on me the only Cronenberg movie I had really seen was The Fly, which I love The Fly. I think it's great. And the new trailer, a trailer came out for his new movie, Crimes of the Future, which just looks so twisted and fucked up and kind of up my alley with the body horror sci-fi shit. So I was like, okay, I really need to watch more Cronenberg. Plus he's Canadian, so shout out to that. So I had to watch some of his stuff and I watched a couple specifically for National Canadian Film Day, which was a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I think. And uh, the rest, I was just like, fuck it, let's watch it. So starting at the top, Scanners. Uh, Scanners, you know, I, fun, just a fun, per, like when you think of like 80s kind of just kind of cheesy 80s body horror kind of thing, that's basically what Scanners is. And it's a lot of fun with that. Uh, the particle effects for those times, like for the 80s, they look really good. Uh, there was like a famous scene at the very start where like this head explodes and it's been gifted everywhere and memed everywhere, but it looks great. Uh, basic premise is just this in the future. These people can like read minds and like make people's heads explode and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's ex if you think of David Cronenberg and like you kind of get like you hear that name, you're like, oh, that guy makes those type of movies like this is like the stereotypical David Cronenberg movie. So it was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. Uh, Three point five out of five. Uh, do you want me to just keep going or yeah, you don't have anything for any of these individually, the right? There's nothing I can yeah. add to any of this okay. besides God, David right. Cronenberg is not even on my radar. He's even less on my radar than David Lynch. And I, David Lynch is literally the next thing I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Eastern promises. So Eastern promises. So if, if, if um, scanners was everything I expected from a Cronenberg movie, Eastern promises, is everything I would never expect from a Cronenberg movie. Uh, this is just fantastic. This is a, like a drama, basically. Uh, really well acted. Great story here. Very serious. It doesn't try to play anything off. 
and it's just done incredibly well. Uh, Naomi Watts and uh, Viggo Mortensen do basically all the heavy lifting here, but they are incredible in this movie. They pair off very well with each other. And it just tells a really good story about basically, you know, what it's like. It's basically a Russian mafia sort of thing in the UK. And there's lots of twists and turns and shit going on and people betraying each other. And yeah, this is just very, very serious subject matter they tackle, but they do it in a great way. So very, very enjoyable movie. Uh, I highly recommend it. Even if you're not into like what the Cronenberg usually might be, this is nothing like this. There's a couple of very violent scenes in there, but I mean, whatever. You can just close your eyes for a second if you don't like them. Otherwise, great movie. So this was a four out of five for me. Uh, Crash. Now we're back to what you'd expect from David Lynch. This is some fuck (laughs) shit. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to tell you basically what Crash is about, because if you don't know by now, I mean, it's been everywhere. But basically, it's just about people who like to have sex with car accidents. And yeah, it's fucked up. It's just as fucked up as you would imagine it would be. Uh, it's an insane concept. I, I really couldn't follow what was happening a lot of the time because they don't really care about the plot so much in this movie. But I got to say, there's something I really liked about this movie. It's not usually something I feel like I would enjoy, but I, I don't know. It was just presented in such a weird way. And just watching these people, these absolute fucked up people, kind of not, not just ruin their lives, but like try to act on these impulses. I don't know. There was something very strange about it and I kind of dug it. It was really great. Well acted. James Spader was here who probably is into this shit in real life, honestly. Um, And uh, yeah, it was just, it was very, very strange. And I think the best part of this movie is, you know, Oscar winner crash 2007. I wonder how many people have accidentally rented this instead and watch this movie. I, I hope it was a decent amount and then they would have gotten a surprise. It'd be fucking okay. Great, right? Look, look, I was going to let go of the fact that you got the year wrong. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. But the fact that you said 2007 and considering that 2007 was a good movie, it was, was a good year for movies. What, did, like, what year did Crash? What year did Crash come out? 2004. Oh, it's 2000. Really? What's 2004? Yeah. Look, look, I'm going to say that because like 2007 was fucking bangers okay <laughs> like 2004 yeah. yeah actually no okay you want you continue because i don't really have anything to add besides the other crash sucks and i'm very saddened to see that crash isn't even available to rent anywhere um, uh, by the way 2004 had eternal sunshine of the spotless mind so that should have won oh, everything fuck. okay yeah that that alone but, that alone anyways uh you, you crash it at everyone but yeah okay anyways funny stuff so yeah uh four to five for uh, best picture nominees. It was what actually what was best picture nominee? I'm curious. Alright, best nominees. Uh Academy Award for Best Picture nominees. Really? Okay. Um wait, is it just these five? Let me see. Because Google's only showing me five, but I don't know if that was really just five. It was only five, yeah, at that time. Oh, it is? Okay, so um we got Mastery Commander, the far side of the world, which um pretty sick. Um, sea biscuit, loss in translation, fuck you, uh, Mystic River, and the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. So, oh, you're um, looking at, oh then we want 2003 then, or oh, no, 2005. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, because okay. yeah, because Crash won. I know Crash won, so oh, it must have. God. Okay. Yeah. Best Picture nominees. There we go. Wait, why are you showing me the exact same thing? Google why? Okay, there we go. Oh wow. Okay. Um. Wait, no, that's not right. 
that's not right because it's showing me five again. Why? No, no, is no, that's in... right. That's right. No, but the crash isn't on there. Did, not, did it win? I swear to God, no, it did. Crash won. Crash yeah. totally won. Two thousand six. Why is it two thousand six? What is it? Okay, maybe it's listed wrong on Letterbox, and I guess maybe it's two thousand five. It was eligible for because it is a year later. That makes sense. So it must have been two thousand five. I guess. I I don't know, man. Maybe they just. Okay, no. Here's what pisses me off. Okay, because you have to imagine that if it is 2006, then that means that it come out in 2000. Did it? No, you know what? I can't even make sense of this. I just hate this. I'm gonna go ahead and scroll down to uh, best. So it was Crash, Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night, and Good Luck in Munich. Those were the nominees. <sighs> Fuck it. Give it to Munich. Just give it to Brokeback Mountain. I don't know. Just. Yeah, Why probably crash? Give it, probably give it to anything but Crash. So, and it was bad yeah. Crash. Bad Crash. Dude, uh, Crash could have probably won in year. <laughs> it probably could have won this year. Yeah, that's true. Gotta have a supporting <laughs> set. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Existence. So, this one's probably the most interesting of the bunch for a few different reasons. First of all, I finished it and I liked it. It's definitely growing on me since I finished it. It's really, really interesting. The other reason that it's interesting is a lot of people. Basically, Cronenberg has said for his new this movie, this is Crimes of the Futures is the last movie, and he's basically said like this is kind of like a this is kind of something that kind of completes earlier work of mine. And a lot of people are speculating that this could be a, like a stealth sequel to this movie. I'm not entirely sure if that's true, but I can definitely see some theories behind that. Uh, th- this movie's it's really good. It's the the cl- like the closest way I can explain this is it's almost like an R rated version of, R rated version of, of Inception, and it's obviously not nearly as good as Inception, but they kind of do some really kind of funky shit with it in that way. It's basically a movie about gamers too, and like fuck the gamers, so it's great to kind of see them going through hell and all this weird body no. horror shit. Okay, here's the thing. My brain always says that we can say the hard R if it's disparaging them. So, okay, oh, God. So yeah, that's, the- wow, that is so not going to be clipped out of context at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gamers. The gamers. The, you see, gamers suck. If you're saying that, like, okay. If you're trying to refer to people, it's like, oh, it's the gamers. Fair enough. All right, fuck gamers. So anyway. Goddamn right. <laughs> Jude Law is here. And I don't know if this is his first role or one of his earliest roles. I don't know, but man, he's like young here and kind of overacting and doing a bunch of weird shit. So I don't, I don't know what's going on here, but he was fun. Uh, yeah. And yeah, this is just a very interesting movie that kind of chews on you. It ends in a very interesting spot that makes you think. So yeah, I like this movie. I like this movie quite a bit. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Crimes of the Future has anything to do with this. Because it definitely could, I feel like. But I'm not entirely sure on that. So good stuff. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's 3.5 out of 5 for me. And then finally, The Brood. Uh, this is probably, this is the worst Cronenberg I've seen. Uh, this is my least favorite of the bunch. It's just honestly, it, it's so dull. And, th- and this is one of his earlier works, maybe his first work too. So I understand. But it's just very dull, kind of boring and middling until the very end. Like basically the last like 10 minutes, there's some pretty cool, like really, again, fucked up body horror. Um, and it's just the rest of the movie just does not live up to that. It's a, it's a kind of about a guy who's like going through a divorce with his wife and shit. And, uh, you can kind of see where it's going. And the end, like I said, the ending's a little bit fucked up, but it just didn't save the rest of the movie for me. So wasn't a big fan. Uh, and yeah, leave it at that 2.5 to five. 
And uh, that's all for the Cronenberg movies. Okay. Uh, you know what? That was a good amount of stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and step in. Uh, but before I do my next segment, uh, we got a sponsor of Raycon. No, I'm joking. Um, uh, I did want to mention Big L to uh, HBO for having the wrong crash. Um, they have the uh, 2006 Best Academy Award winner crash on there, <laughs> but not the good one. Uh, big shame. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and knock out the thing that I have at the top of the list here. Um, Metal Gear, uh, the 1987. Uh, I was about to say movie. God, no, no. I mean, Kojima would have loved that. Um, Metal Gear, uh, I played it through the Metal Gear Solid HD edition on Vita. And because I like making things more complicated instead of me just playing it on the PS3, I played it on the PS TV. Um, I, well, you know what? I guess it it probably is another reason why I was streaming it through there. Um, streaming. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. But you know, yes, yes, I was streaming it. Uh, I played it through the PS TV because the PS TV is tiny. It is the size of a deck of cards. So you can move this thing back and forth. And this thing's power draw is so low that my battery pack that I use to charge my phone, if I wanted to, I could use that to power the PS TV. So this thing is like real low maintenance. So uh, it actually works really well for streaming. So I thought, you know what? I don't really know what to play. I still don't feel like I've been properly focused to watch movies again. So I've been trying to stay away from that. TV shows, they feel like they're less of engagement that they require from me like at a moment's notice. So it's like, okay, I've been going into this. Uh, Metal Gear feels like, you know, a video game. That's, I mean, feels like, I mean, it is an old video game. So something old like that made me feel like, ah, you know what? Maybe I can half pay attention to this and it'll be okay. So I thought as well, well, you know, the Elden Ring streams were good. Let me see if I can get Twitch affiliate. You know, and I, I don't know what that does, which I, <laughs> here's the thing, I don't know what it does because I thought initially getting affiliated meant that I could stream in 1080p, only to realize that Streamlabs, the program on my computer that was installed, uh, was outputting at 720 instead of 1080. I was like, oh, well, I'm an idiot. That was the entire reason I was going for affiliate. Awesome. Um, so a lot of backstory of why I even played this game. Now the game itself, uh, the game itself is impressive to me. I'm not going to say that. I don't know if it's, uh, it's so weird because whenever it comes to old games, you kind of want to think about the context of those games. You want to, you want to think like, oh, well, yeah, of course, some of these games are a little weird and they still don't understand. Hey, you're not in an arcade. You don't need to be balls of the wall hard or annoying like that. You don't need to have such a weird save system. And that's the thing. There is the excuse that like, oh, well, I mean, it was an old NES game. The battery's inside. You wouldn't be able to save. Uh, that doesn't exactly apply here because it was on the MSX computer system as a console. Oh, sorry, MSX2. MSX? No, no, I'm going to say the one. The MSX1 computer system. I am not going to look this up, so I'm going to talk out of my ass and say, you're going to tell me that a computer-based system like a Commodore 64 doesn't have a way to save? I'm going to click doubt on that and just say... There should have been some sort of solution for that. Um, so Metal Gear is something that for the first half, I was actually very impressed with it because it held up very well. I was playing this and I was like, oh, man, I'm following the key cards. I understand the process. The process is going to be 
find the key cards, I'm going to get a call from Big Boss, which, which by the way, fucking hilarious that every single time that something dangerous would happen, Big Boss would just call me and be like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention. Literally every, he does this like 10 times. Okay, not 10 times, I'm exaggerating, but like five times easily, where I will go up somewhere and the floor is electrified and I've already stepped on the electric floor and then he'll call me and be like, oh, I forgot to tell you. And it's like, motherfucker you could have told me this earlier uh which by the way um you know i if i wanted to cope i could totally be like ah well you know what there's a narrative reason for that but i don't want to do that because the second half of this game kind of loses my faith into wanting to think things are more intentional than they are but the first half is get a call explore find a card key go open new doors to find new locations occasionally you'll find a new direction to go and i was enjoying myself it isn't until like about the second half of the game that I want to say it's after a tank battle that happens. Oh, uh, by the way, I was playing this on easy because like I don't want to fucking deal with this. Okay, I wanted to get in and out as quickly as I could. I think my final clock time for this game was something like five or six hours. I don't know. I will check right now while I'm talking. Oh my god, I'm in the middle of a game of um. Uh, Thomas was alone. Let's go ahead and quit that. There we go. Okay. Okay. We need to turn you down. There we go. Uh, so yeah, uh, playing the second half after about a tank battle, the game just starts getting really fucking annoying with the traps that it presents, where it just becomes like one of these things where it's like, oh, the only way I will learn that is by dying. And here's the thing. There is a game that I played recently that's very good about teaching you through death. It's called Elden Ring. So I'm sorry, Metal Gear, that you had the poor foresight of being played more than 30 years later next to Elden Ring because I'm going to be annoying about this. Uh, but yeah, the second half feels like it starts getting really annoying with what's expected of you. The maps start getting a way more labyrinthine and the way... Okay, in the Metal Gear Solid games, right? The solid ones. If you have a card key three, it'll open up door one, door two, and door three, uh, but will not open door four. If I have a card key seven... It'll open up doors one through seven. Now, the worst thing about this game is that card one will open up door one. Card two will only open up card two. Card three will only open up card three. And now the big problem with this is that occasionally you'll be in a room with a gas, with just gas trying to kill you. And you're wearing a gas mask as your equipped item. So you have to take off the mask, press start, and then switch over to the card key to unlock the door. You will get hit, no, regardless of what happens. You will take damage. And then you got to press start really quickly and then put the mask back on. So there are many little things like that where it's like you really couldn't just replace each card to open up the next door. Like, was that harder or something? It probably was. But I'll like, anyways, that definitely did annoy me. The second half, though, it just starts getting crazier with enemies. The traps are more annoying. Uh, what else? Yeah, no, that's about it. The second half starts feeling like an old game where it's like, oh yeah, this is, this feels like it was made to annoy me way more than it should have. Um, but yeah, um, wait, hold on, what? okay, that's wrong. Uh, sorry, I'm still trying to download my save onto the Vita so I can boot up and see how long I spent on it. Uh, but yeah, uh, this game is, um... Half of it is like, oh, wow, this aged very well. The second half is, eh, eh. 
So, Dorian, I know you joined me in being obsessed with Metal Gear. So, do you have any experience with this game? Anything? No, I, I might have, like, I, I feel like I might have just tried it for a minute because it's, I know it's in the... the HD collection. The, yeah, the, the Vita collection. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I probably threw it on and tried it for a couple minutes. I was like, ha, that's cute. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, never played it again. But, honestly, it's not something I probably will go and play ever. Uh, but mm-hmm. maybe I'll watch, like, a video on it or something. I mean, I sorry, I already know the story and obviously what it's about because Mm -hmm. obviously without spoilers it actually does connect to one of the other games later on oh yeah okay we're not going to talk about that but we can probably Uh, talk about the thing that is the darth vader is luke's father of this which is that big boss is betraying you the entire time Um, yes yeah exactly uh which is pretty cool so there's like story-wise there's actually especially for its time there's a lot of cool shit in there and just especially how kojima just in general have the foresight to kind of make all this shit work together and do cool things with it i think that's really neat so i don't know if i'll play it but i'd like to go back and revisit it uh whether through videos or something at some point okay um also the thing that i was saying about how big boss so conveniently forgets oh i forgot to tell you the floor is electrified you know you can totally cope and just be like oh well he's gonna betray you at the end so of course he won't tell you like yeah but like I don't want to buy that considering that a whole bunch of the second half is just like really annoying. So I was like, ah, yeah, sure. You can make that argument. I don't want to, because I don't exactly want to be that kind to this game, but yeah, the first half, great. The second half. Ooh, uh, this is going to be a, well, it's, it's no snake eater out of 10. And, uh, that's not, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's probably a harsh score because I could give that to almost every other video game that I play, except like what, maybe three or four of them. So, uh, uh, okay, no, that, that, that actually happened. That, that wasn't my planned score. It was just that it popped up on my beat and I was like, well, it's perfect. I got to follow through that. Uh, my actual score is going to be, uh, this was homework out of 10. It's a, uh, God bless you, Kojima, you crazy bastard out of 10. Oh, that's just a general score and oh, like overall. Um, yeah. So carry on. What is next? Uh, I'm going to dump another one here really quick just to get out of the way. Spider-Man No Way Home. I rewatched it uh, last night, actually. Spider-Bait. Uh, uh, look, it's, it's fine. It's a lot of fun. I, I still like it. Uh, I, I liked it a little bit less uh, than the first time, so I didn't quite hold up as well. But uh, it's still good. Uh, Andrew Garfield still steals the show. He's fantastic. And uh, I, which I guess is kind of a spoiler, but I mean, if you don't know by now, fuck it. No, um, that's a thing. I hate that. Like my brain goes, that's a spoiler. But then considering that Marvel, like it was probably Sony actually. <laughs> look, look, I hate both of them. But if I hate one more than the other, it's probably Sony. Sony was like, hey, all right, we made our billion dollars. Let's make another Billy by putting Andrew and Toby on the poster. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck them. Uh, but yeah, he's he, he he's the best part of this movie, and I don't have anything else to say. So it's it's a seven out of ten for me now. I just want to dump it. Uh, Spider bait and um, uh, Morbius sweep out of ten. Uh, let me. How many do you got left still? Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But in all likelihood, that's more like seven. Since I assume Better Call Saul is going to get bundled all together. Yeah. Okay. I've still got a lot. So. Uh, let me chunk out another three here. Mm-hmm. So this is the Ghibli block. Maybe going to last Ghibli block for a while. Ooh, uh, only yesterday. We get to the Ghibli block. Uh, I checked my Vita and it doesn't even have the time on it. It just says complete. So thank you, Vita. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, only yesterday, the tale of the princess Kaguya and grave of the fireflies. So let's go. 
Uh, we'll start with Only Yesterday. Uh, this was, so first of all, let me get the director's name here, because I'm, I'm probably going to fuck it up anyways, but I actually want to say it, because it's a different director, and he's pretty famous. I'll look it up just so I can try and correct you whenever you butcher it. Yeah. What's up here? Isao Takahata. Takata? Takata? Isao Takahata. Isao Takahata. Okay, great. Yeah, that's all. Uh, right. So he he's directed all three of these movies. So why am I watching them now? Oh, shit. Only yesterday in the tale of the Princess Kaguya just got Steely, Steelbook releases. <laughs> Steelies. So Steelies. <laughs> and then Grave of the Fireflies, uh, shout out to Brandon. He randomly sent this to me because he's like, you need to stop being a stuck up bitch and watch this because you're never going to find a Steelbook for it. <laughs> and he was right. Uh, but so we'll start with Only Yesterday. Uh, Only Yesterday was really, it was good. Uh, it's funny. I liked it. It's a good movie. I gave the spoiler. It's a seven out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but this is still like Ghibli just has such a high bar of quality for me. So this was definitely lower tier Ghibli for me in terms of my rankings. Um, in fact, let me pull up my list here. And I'll tell you where I placed all these guys. I got a big Ghibli list going here. So only yesterday specifically was actually 13th out of 17th. So that's where I ended up putting that. Um, it's very relaxed. It's just a, this is just a pure through and through life, uh, slice of life story, which Ghibli does well a lot of the time. The problem is this, this one doesn't have anything nearly as memorable as like my neighbor Totoro, for instance, which there's so many iconic parts in that. And it's just a nice chill slice of life one too, basically. But there's just so many instantly recognizable things from that movie that make me love it. This one's just not on the quite quite the same level for me, but it's good. And I like to see the, like this one. It's a bit different in the sense that you get to see like them older. It's not nearly as much as kids. It kind of alternates back and forth. So that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was nice. Uh, this one, I have not paid attention to this one at all. I don't know if I'll ever get to it, but then again, I'm pretty sure at some point I'll catch all of Ghibli. The next two though, uh, the next one is one that I really want to watch and get the seal book for. And then Grave of the Fireflies is going to be, oh boy, that's going to be a whole bunch of praise. Yeah. <laughs> so 7 out of 10 for that one. Uh, the Tale of the Princess Kaguya. This was fucking fantastic. This was great. So this is actually fifth now for me in my Ghibli ranking. So it shot all the way up there. Um, and yeah, this is just so good. The story is really like, it's unique in terms of Ghibli. You've kind of got this young girl kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain what she is exactly, but she just kind of shows up and they raise her of their own and she ages really fast. And it's, it's kind of slice of life in a way, but there's like a lot more going on beneath the surface. It's just great. And I got to say out of all, so apparently this is the most expensive movie Ghibli has made. And it does not surprise me because the artwork for this movie is utterly gorgeous. It's like a fucking watercolor painting, man. It looks so pretty. And I can imagine it was very expensive to do. But this was his last movie, I guess, before he passed away. So it's cool he got to go out like on like a big swing like this. Because this was a beautiful movie. And yeah, like one of my favorite Ghibli's I've seen. So... Woof, they did a great job with this one. Uh, this one's highly recommended for me personally. Uh, it's a really hard 9 out of 10. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, this is just... Ghibli has a lot of big hits, but this one was on another level than most of them. It was really great. 
So uh, there is a YouTube video. You see, the lot of, my YouTube intake has dropped off a cliff over the last year, probably. Uh, YouTube now is really just, ooh, it's dinner time. I need to watch this. Or, ah, I'm out of podcasts. Let me have something on in the background. Uh, but there is one YouTuber who I very much like, uh, Shape Realist Productions. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and spell that out very slowly because Shape Realist, how the fuck do you even spell that? So, uh, S... C H A F F R I L L A S. If you need to spell that, just go ahead and repeat the last 10 seconds. Hopefully I've spoken enough, but that will count 10 seconds so you're not reversing back too far. Uh, anyways, there is a video that he put up seven months ago because that's how far behind I am with YouTube uh, titled Every Studio Ghibli Movie Ranked. And I think he was he he prefaced it right by saying that well actually no I will preface it by what kind of YouTuber he is he is a person that dabbles mostly in animated movies and to a certain degree musical theater um, and any movies that you know dip into musical and since he's so animated focused he was like oh well Ghibli is just a very bl big blind spot for me so this video was just to be sure that I could watch all of it and I think he said that before he even started he only watched like three movies and I think one of them was like Spirited Away no no sorry I think Spirited Away Princess Mononoke and Howl's Moving Castle which by the way shout out to Howl's Moving Castle again because goddamn is that movie good uh although fuck him because he didn't like it um uh, I'm joking. If for some reason somehow this gets you, you're great. I love your videos. But yeah, so he didn't... He, look, look, look. I, if we are in the internet space... Ugh, look, I'm, I don't I don't want to think of myself anywhere near... Uh, whatever. That, anything I say sounds like it's disparaging. I just mean I like his YouTube videos and I don't mean that seriously. But anyways, <laughs> he didn't like it. And I was like, oh, well, big shame about that. And I think he was like, oh, yeah... Um, Princess Mononoke or Spirit Away is one of my favorite animated movies ever. And that ranked number three on his list. And I was like, what the fuck? How are you going to say that one of your favorite movies of, of all time landed on number three on this list? And there are two movies of theirs that you haven't seen that show up on this list above that. And one of them was The Tale of Princess Kaguya. And I'm telling you right now, hearing that shit had me going, what and just seeing the art style and just seeing how it has kind of like this sketch look to it like everything about what he said about that movie as well as just the art style to this movie makes me want to watch this so badly the only problem is that i watched this video around the time that target and amazon had a buy to get one i think on games and so i was like oh well if it applies to games it applies to movies obviously let me go ahead and check and see if movies nope Nope, it wasn't there. So inside my uh, save for later cart on Amazon is Kiki's Delivery Service, Whisper of the Heart, and The Tale of Princess Kaguya. So I'm just waiting for another buy to get one to get those three steelbooks. Uh, so yeah, Princess Kaguya. Oh boy. Oh boy, I want to get there so badly. Out of town. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to hit hard for you. And by the way, those three are excellent ones. So really good choices there. I love all those ones. Mm -hmm. uh, Whisper of the Heart's actually six that Kaguya knocked it down very difficultly because I love Whisper of the Heart. But yeah, it was really good. So you will love that one. Uh, yeah. Anything else to say on that? No, that's it. Let's let's go into fucking pure sadness. Yeah. This now, I mean, oh, fuck me, man. Like I, 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 I had heard how sad this movie was. 
Um, and, and, you know, I was like, okay, like, obviously there's going to be some shit like in this. I didn't know it was going to be that bad, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, I I say this a lot that I tear up during a movie. When I say that, I'm like, okay, like, you, you, a tear might drop. I kind of get welly. Like, I get emotional of shit like this in really good films if they do their job properly. That's just me. I just get that way. But I'm not, like, sitting there, like, ugly crying, basically, in the middle Except of the theater. One. <laughs> this one though if i had been in the theater would have been a mess like i was just sitting there watching it and by the end of this movie like the last like 15 20 minutes or so i was basically bawling my eyes out yeah it's horrible man like it's so like you're even thinking about it i'm fucking tearing up again it's bad i, I mean I, what else like this movie's incredible though like it's it's so right off the bat i put a third in my ghibli rankings i couldn't give this any less than a five out of five it's just it does what it accomplishes it does what it wants to do and it it's a masterpiece in that regard i think i I, i'm not putting it ahead of mononoke and howl's moving castle just because those movies don't make me want to kill myself by the end of it and I, Grave of the Fireflies is such a hard watch. I can't even think about when I would want to watch that again. But oh my God, what an incredible movie. And just that guy, man, what a talented director. Between this now and, and Kaguya, he's got a couple more. Hopefully they come to this uh, Steelbook line and I'll watch them eventually. But uh, yeah, that was that was a hard movie to watch. Um, I love the review that you put on Discord. I fucking love it. It is, <laughs> it is, it, it is everything that you just need to know. So I will just read it verbatim. <laughs> Grave of the Fireflies. My heart is broken. Five out of five. You're done. That's it. Yeah. And well, the funny thing is, too, I have a thing where I usually, if, if I give a movie a five out of five, I'll post the Scorsese, uh, uh, Master Cinema's finest. Basically, it's a picture of him, and they kind of meme it to like, oh, if you're watching a really shitty movie, post that picture. But I'm trying to win it back for the actual good movies, <laughs> and uh, and I put that picture for every movie I give a five out of five to. And but for uh, for Grave of the Fireflies, I'm like, nah, man, like that, that's not even appropriate here. I'm just dead. Like, I, no, no, here's I the thing. Here's the thing. My heart is broken. Period. Five out of five. Period. <laughs> that's everything you need to know and i meant that like i i didn't even watch another movie that day i was just <laughs> my heart was just destroyed that day it was such a fucking hard hard watch um i'm glad i watched it though it was amazing oh, yeah. i loved it but yeah. jesus christ like i said i don't know when i would want to watch it again so yeah grave of the fireflies i knew i knew what I was getting into when it came to this movie. And I walked out thinking, yeah, that was that. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, by the way, just because this is a fun thing, uh, let me look up Grave of the Fireflies poster. Uh, do you know what the poster has? Uh, are you talking about the like the the, the shiny like the shiny lights? Uh, so uh, okay, so you don't uh, the shiny lights poster. Oh yeah, no, uh, I I know, I know. It, it, it's ashes, right? Oh, I was gonna say the plane at the top. Oh, the pl- plane at the top. Wait, what? Yeah, hold on. There's a plane that is right above where you can see an outline, so you can see the um. The plane that was going to drop the bomb. Oh, I see a Reddit thing, though, where if you I, brighten the poster, okay. Yeah, I just sent you the link through Zencaster. Um, 
Yeah, you see that? It's like, oh, look, it's cute children playing the fire. Oh, Jesus Christ, what's that back there? Yeah. Mm. It's the plane of their destruction. Yeah, okay, I see it now, yeah. That's that's wonderful, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it only gets better. Uh, so, okay, uh, explaining how I got to this movie. Um, wonderfully so. If you download a movie theater app, uh, I think I was using Adam at the time, uh, you'll see that usually at the end of each year, you will find theaters playing Ghibli movies in theaters, which is always fucking awesome. And Grave of the Fireflies was the one that I just knew, like, is that movie? So I thought, okay, I need to watch this. Um, I brought my wife along, and um, that was, walking out of that theater was one of the moments that I can just look at her, I'm like, oh, you're not here right now. You are an empty shell walking out of this theater. You were a full-blooded person walking in, but that person is gone now. Um, so yeah, this movie just has a way of making you feel very empty and just thinking, hmm, yeah, there were other people on that, on the side of that nuke in World War II, huh? Uh, which is something that Ghibli, considering the art style that it has, I almost think that even if you were to do this in real life, well, I mean, I guess live action. I think if you ever had a World War II movie in live action, it feels like it almost hits harder because Ghibli has such that innocent art style that's seeing just the horror of what came from the nuclear bombs that it almost hits harder because of that, because of the contrast between those. Let's, is it contrast? Uh, whatever, the divide between those two. There's a different word there, but I don't remember it right at the moment. But yeah, um, Grave of the Fireflies is a fucking monumental piece of cinema, and uh, did you want to go into spoilers or no? Uh, I mean, if you want to, I, it doesn't I'm matter fine. to me. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm, I'm good, too. It, 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 this is a sad movie. That's all you really need to know. We could discuss it for, I'm sure, a good amount of time, but then I'm just going to feel like shit. I probably should, should have saved this till closer to the end. Um, but yeah, let, let's not do spoilers so I don't have to bring the mood down further because it really, even just thinking about it really is sad. It, it's a, I, I say, I say it's a horrible movie. It's not a horrible movie. It's just, it's hard to watch. I mean, it is probably to the definition of horrible and not yeah. the way that we all understand it. It's horrifying. Yeah, for sure. there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know what? I don't. If we don't need to go into spoilers, all completely fine. Um, this movie is fucking great. It is absolutely a landmark film that should be shown to everyone because it should be considered a piece of history because it gives you a good insight to uh, the other side of a gigantic global conflict that we're probably still feeling to this and will continue to feel until the end of human history. Um. So, uh, yeah, Grave of the Fireflies is grab a melon baller and scoop out my soul as quickly as you can at a time. <laughs> yeah, this is a 10 out of 10 for me. Also, I don't know if you're listening. I think you still listen to the podcast. And if you listen to this, Mac, fuck you. How can you what? not find this sad? How can you not find this sad? Ooh, you okay, monster. So we're going to do this shit live. Uh, Mac? He said he had no heart because, because he, he, he thinks the kid in this is stupid. And I'm like, you fucking... Oh, oh wait. I remember that conversation. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, hold on. It's I'm like, going to mute him live. I'm going to mute him live. There we go. Not, no reason. I'm not even going to put any reason. 
he's gonna be <laughs> he's just gonna be like what the fuck did i do oh poor guy <laughs> mark it hour and 12 minutes before the edit oh my god oh my cake okay cut this out cut this out go look at what pooch just fucking posted where in bitching oh my god oh no <laughs> in that's staying oh in because of the fucking world god. war ii block oh my god okay i'm pinning that <sighs> that okay look if this is this is now turning into another advertisement for the fucking passive pixel discord oh my god oh we just finished talking about world war ii and now we saw this it okay all if you need an explanation it's just a very deep meme of um the red-coated girl from Schindler's List in front of a disgusting plate of food. This is not funny to you. It's okay. It is fucking hilarious to us. And Jesus Christ. Okay. Should we just keep rolling on to more World War II? Yeah, fuck it. Do it. Okay, okay. (laughs) From sympathy from the Japanese and to fuck the Japanese, huh? Uh, We're going to talk about the Pacific. Um... (laughs) Oh my god, I'm getting so much tonal whiplash. We got we got feeling really bad for the Japanese, and now we have fucking Schindler's List in front of an ugly <laughs> plate of food, and now we're back to fuck the Japanese. Oh my god. Oh, oh fuck me, man. I need to take a break. I need... Okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to cut. I'm... We're not cutting the silence, because I feel like maybe you need a break, too. <laughs> just, just, just a nice moment of silence. A nice moment of silence to all my homies that died in World War II, except the Nazis. Fuck the Nazis. Mm. I agree. We can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm so sorry if you can just hear me gulping down water. I water's I'm important. So, so. <laughs> okay, good. If it didn't come through, then I'm I'm not cutting it. Okay, the Pacific. Oh my god. All right, so. I've been thinking a lot about the Pacific and how names influence. Oh my God. It's I, okay. Hold on. I need to click away from the tab because my brain just keeps thinking about it. And every time I look at another screen, I see it. Okay. There we go. We're, we're minimizing it. I'm look. I'm not looking. Um, okay. So the Pacific, I've been thinking a lot about names of shows, right? And uh, specifically with band of brothers and the Pacific. So, the Pacific is kind of looked at as like a spiritual sequel to the Band of Brothers. No, oh, excuse me. Uh, you've got Steven Spielberg, you got Tom Hanks, and you've got Gary something, which I feel really bad not remembering his name. So now I'm going to look it up. Uh, Tom Hanks, Gary Goatsenberg or something? Goatsman! Goatsman! Goatsman the Goat. Um, so Gary Goatsman. Uh, all three of them worked on both shows, and now they're working on a third show through Apple TV, which, honestly, considering that their streaming quality is awesome and that Apple is willing to throw around money, sounds like a great idea. Because to me, it just sort of sounds like Apple TV uh, is really bad about being able to find talent to write the shows, but it can always find actors to be in them. So uh, I know that's probably getting better now, but you know, I'm going to keep my assumptions until I actually bend the knee again. So... Um, with the Pacific, uh, names and all that band of brothers, I feel like is a perfectly named TV show because it really is about 
band of brothers. It is about all these soldiers that are within the same platoon and the bond that is formed between them. And while it being World War II is heavily integral to the show, I think what is more integral is the fact that it lives up to its name. It is a band of men who become brothers through probably one of the worst times in history, right? And the Pacific is something that I need to stop comparing to Band of Brothers because the name kind of tips off that it is not going to be a show about soldiers that will form a forever bond that will never be broken. Instead, it is about the Pacific. And my problem is, is that while I look at the Pacific to, eye to eye on that, I don't like that it still feels like it wants to give way more character to these characters. And it, it feels like an asshole thing to say, because I'm pretty sure all of these people are based on real people. Uh, but what I don't find as appealing is that whenever it feels like it is not in a war, like when it's not actually in the jungles dealing with any of that, I feel like it suffers, and the problem is is that so far, it feels like it strays away from that way too often for my liking. Um, like, there was an entire episode that they spend in Australia, and, like, that's probably what actually happened to those soldiers. Maybe you should have chosen a better story from different soldiers about all of this, because... I would have almost much preferred if they didn't go the same route that they did with Band of Brothers, where it's like, well, it, this is a book already, so we're just going to follow this entire narrative. And I would have much preferred if they had just grabbed a whole bunch of different stories from the Pacific and just almost made it like an anthology, where it's like, okay, we have this one story about one person who fought in Guadalcanal, and we're just going to give this person three episodes. And then we're going to have one person who fought at Iwo Jima, and that's going to be the season finale. And then we have another couple of episodes about people who went to, like, Pelelu, I think is another island. Like, if they went for that direction and allowed it to keep it as a focus of we are in the Pacific, we're not really going to be focusing on the soldiers and their bonds together, I would have been happy with that. But the fact that even the show itself doesn't want to stick to its title it does end up bothering me a little bit. However, every single time that they put me back into the jungle and it is back to the war, I am enjoying myself immensely because this is still some high-ass production work. I think there was about a 10-year or 9-year difference in between the Pacific and Band of Brothers. So like 2001, 2000 to like 2010, 2011, right? And I very much enjoy what that's given the show because you can tell that they were given probably the same amount of money, but considering that now it's a bit more recent, it does look cleaner. Um, it's so funny that I feel like I would say that for TV shows, but if I said that for a movie, I may want to actually strangle the person who says that and agrees with me. Um, so the Pacific so far, I have two episodes left, and I think I feel really safe in saying this authoritatively, like how I feel about the show, because I don't think the last two episodes are going to turn the tide, because I already feel like so much time was wasted outside of the war, that it's like, we really didn't need this. We didn't need an entire segue of one of the characters not being in the war and going back home. 
it, just for them to be important in the story later. It's like, you could have cut them out and this just brought them back. Because that happens in Band of Brothers. There's a character who gets wounded early on, who disappears, and then comes back later on. And it's like, oh, you're telling me that this it happened to this person. Oh, sorry, the same thing happened to this person in Band of Brothers, but you didn't want to do that in the Pacific? It bothers me, but, like, once again, I'm back into this conundrum of, should I be comparing these two shows? But I feel like the comparisons aren't more from, well, these two shows should be thought of in the same manner. I think my thought process is more of, I can compare them because they... I don't even know where that sentence is going. Fuck it. I'm just going to compare them, okay? I'm I'm not even going to try and explain it. But anyways, The Pacific, um, still worth watching out of 10. Dorian, do you have any opinions about this? Uh, does this sway you from wanting to watch it? Go on. No, I, I mean, I'm going to watch Band of Brothers soon, so I'm pretty sure that's going to be my next show I watch uh, after I finish Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to see how I feel about that first, obviously, and then I'll go into that. Um, even if I end up really loving Band of Brothers, I'll probably wait a bit on The Pacific. Uh, I probably will give it a shot eventually, um, but we'll see. Um, what I will also say is um, the Pacific intro, uh, again, so I think Con Zimmer was one of the composers. He's one of three. I don't know how much credit I want to give him, but uh, I will still give him another credit for making just oh, such a good intro. Band of Brothers and the Pacific, both of them are, once again, just slow orchestrations of if your brain thinks patriotic, you can already hear the music. But there's just something about the way that they play it. It just sounds so important and it gives you such a good gravity of what the show is that I can't help but love it. Even though, like, if you were to look like at the, the music sheets, like, it'd probably be really simple. It wouldn't be anything that crazy. But the tone that they put out is, mm, it's so good. So, yeah. Um, oh, I guess uh, the other thing. No, did I already say that the Pacific is worth watching? Whatever. I'll reiterate. The Pacific is still worth watching. It's just that I still do have problems with it. And I don't know if that's actually problems with the show or if it's because I'm comparing it to Band of Brothers. Uh, But anyways, The Pacific, still worth watching out of 10. Uh, God bless HBO. Yep, that'll be, well, depending on how I feel about Band of Brothers, I will get to it eventually out of 10. Perfect. All right, we are out of the World War II block. We survived (laughs) not dying of laughter. Yes, or nukes. Like, like a lot of people back then. Um, okay, that's yeah, probably a little too far. All right. Look, look, look. The Japanese were, the Japanese were like real last man standing. Which um, <laughs> that show covers how brutal they were and how diehard they were about that. So uh, you know what? Uh, there is that old classic argument of the nuke. The nukes probably saved more lives, uh, considering that on a ground war. There probably would have been more casualties. Perfect. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Under the Skin. Mm, okay. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to have to do something I normally don't do. Because I know you haven't seen this. And I know you want to see this. I'm curious. I need about yet. 30 seconds to rant about a spoiler. But let me talk about the movie first. Okay. 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 So, first of all. Fantastic movie. I really ended up enjoying this. It's very moody. It's very atmospheric. Uh, It is just, it's very gorgeous in terms of the cinematography. 
and the vibe is different from a movie like this than you'd expect it's very unique definitely feels like an a24 film in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but yeah scarlett johansson's in here she's great she can lure me into a van any day bonk <laughs> and i just think there's a lot of really interesting questions this movie asks personally so i was pretty enamored with this movie uh, i actually really wanted to get a blu-ray copy but there's none for cheap there's steel books out there and there's rumors there might be a 4k cut so i might wait for now but i really enjoyed this movie it was it was really good as some general overall impressions uh what do you know about this movie ed mm. I know nothing outside of the fact that um, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson's nudes leaked and everyone was just like, oh, no. And she's like, no, no one look at them. And then I think like a literally a couple months later, this movie comes out. So it's like, huh, oh, OK, all right. Was, yeah, that... <laughs> like, that, 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 that's literally it. That's all I have on this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it was old news by that point. <laughs> so, OK. I need to rant about something. It's a it's a massive spoiler. So, I, I mean, do you want to just say, like, when we say go, give me, like, 30 seconds and then come back? Yeah, pretty much. And so, you can just uh, skip over this in the editing portion, obviously. But, yeah. Yeah, I apologize to everyone. The next 30 seconds are going to be um, unedited. So, uh, go ahead and count it down, and I'll take out my headphones. All right. Three, two, one. Oh my fucking God, you piece of shit. She's trying to figure out what it's like. She's not a human. She knows she's not a human. She's a fucking alien. And you fucking burn her. You try to rape her. And then you fucking burn her. Fuck you, you horrible human being. You are a piece of human garbage. And you deserve everything bad to happen to you in the world. I'm going to end early because I don't know how long he's going to take. So we'll end there. But oh my God, that made me so mad. And uh, yeah, humanity fucking sucks. Ooh, damn, did you nail 30 seconds exactly? Yeah, yeah, pretty good, eh? Boy, okay, I, I can't wait until I listen to it, spoil it for myself, and realize that you're talking mad shit. Um, <laughs> so, okay. uh, that's all I have to say. A really great movie, 8 out of 10. Um, that, no, I, I think my anecdote about that movie, <laughs> I think that's probably all I got out of 10. Perfect. I'll keep going since I'm probably still way ahead here. Yep. Uh, let me do... I'll talk a little bit about Groundhog Day. Um, part of my 4k collection watch here uh groundhog day is like oh i'm feel i'm sick i, I don't want to get out of bed what movie am i gonna watch groundhog day is a prime contender choice for that uh that coveted spot i love this movie i've just seen it so many times now i've watched it a few times when i've been sick uh it's just perfect comfort food for me bill murray's really good in this he's a lot of fun it's got a great vibe to it uh, I really wish that they would have. There was a really cool idea they actually had for a sequel that never got to happen because you know Bill Murray can be a cunt sometimes, uh, so that never happened. But maybe it's for the best because who knows how that would have gone. But this is a standalone film. I mean, it's one of my favorite comedies. I think it's a great movie and uh, it's one everyone should see. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, nice little 4K cut. Fuck Sony for their god awful 4K menus though because they were just trash. It's okay. At least their transfers are nice, and I will happily take better transfers than bad True. reviews. Um, True. Okay. Uh, once again, uh, I should be crucified. I am just very behind on Bill Murray in general, uh, which I think, mm, what, Lost in Translation, Caddyshack, uh, Ghostbusters 1. That's probably, oh, so sorry, sorry. How can I forget the Seminole Garfield 2004, um, of course. <laughs> um, I think that's all I've got for Bill Murray. Oh, do we want to count Zombieland? You know, let's yeah, not count you can Zombieland. count Zombieland, I guess, but it's not really it, his movie. Yeah, that's the thing. That's a cameo. So, like, that's not yeah. really a Bill Murray movie, just like you said. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm very behind on my Bill Murray. Uh, Groundhog's Day, 
uh, who knows? I, I, I got Zoomer brain right now, okay? I can't focus on a movie, and I don't want to do that to movies right now. That's fair. Uh, how many do you have left? Uh, I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh boy. Okay, I've still got double. So <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> let's let's make some more progress here. Let's bang out another two actually. Uh so we'll do so this is the divorce block. <laughs> oh nice, <laughs> nice. So let's talk about wildlife and a marriage story. We should so have done talking... this right after World War II. <laughs> right. <laughs> right into the depression. <laughs> so wildlife. We'll start with wildlife first. So this is Paul Dano's first film. Uh, directing, I should say. Ooh, uh, obviously, okay. he's acted a bunch. He's a phenomenal actor, but he actually wrote and directed this movie. Uh, and a surprise to no one, it's great. Like Paul Dano's, Paul Dano's just clearly talented in everything that fucking guy does. Like, it's just not a surprise to me at this point. Now, let, let's get it out of the way. Yes, Jake Gyllenhaal is in this movie. He's fantastic <laughs> as always. So of course, I'm gonna love the movie. But. He's actually not even the best part about this movie because Carrie Mulligan's in this movie and she is so fucking strong in this movie. God, it's good. And it's just a great look at that time period of like, you know, when there wasn't a lot of jobs and you're broke and this guy basically has a midlife crisis and he decides he wants to do something else. And this poor kid gets caught in the middle of it watching his family fall apart and watching kind of just everything go to hell. And it's sad, but it's also very relatable and it's just so well acted. I don't know, man, there was just something really, really strong about this movie and the way that it was shot and just very simplistic. There's nothing too overly complicated in it. It's nothing crazy, nothing that hasn't been done before, but there's just something nice about a really well, like a tight script directed flawlessly and just really great performances all around. So I really enjoyed this film. Uh, it's actually in the criterion collection. Unfortunately, oh. it's not on the Canadian, uh, the Canadian has, so Canada has like an unobstructed view. It's called, you can get criterion to there and they're the only places in Canada that do the criterion sales. Uh, unfortunately that one's not on their website. So I'd have to order it off of Amazon. And it's a lot more expensive. So I'm kind of, do I really want to spend that much money on it? I don't know, but great movie. And uh, if I could ever find it for cheaper, I probably would get it. Cause I really enjoyed it. Um, I refuse to watch this movie because as long as the Riddler has 10 times the viewers that we have, um, I do not wish to support him in any way possible. <laughs> uh, there's no uh, there's no Ava Maria in the song. Ava Maria. Which is, uh... Ave Maria. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> very, very uh, sad. Not, not you're singing, but. No, oh, absolutely that, not. No, I mean, that, I know. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, what else uh, do I... No, I don't think I'm ready because I know you have a whole bunch, so keep going. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, so you have nothing else to say about wildlife? You're good? No, that's it. No, that's, that's literally good. it. Like, it's just... Right. Like, who the hell knows? Fair, fair. Four out of five. Uh, and then Marriage Story. So we're doing the second half of this. So I watched Marriage Story. Uh, this is... So, first of all, this movie's really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Again, you've got Scarlett Johansson, who's great. And then Adam Driver, who, I mean, he, he put in such a great performance here. And I, I actually believe that if it was any other year where Walking Phoenix didn't just fucking single-handedly carry a movie on his back, uh, he probably would have won this award because he was really great here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, though, it's funny. Watching this movie so adjacent to Scenes from a Marriage, which is the Inger, Inger Bergman movie from the 70s. 
it, this one I felt like it's great. Don't get me wrong. I really like this movie, but it didn't have the same punch as scenes from a marriage does where there's a couple scenes in that movie that I was like, Oh man, I want to crawl into a hole and die. And I never quite got there with this movie, even though as good as the performance was, it's definitely sad at times. And I like it because there's a lot more hopeful message in this movie, especially compared to the previous one. I just said, there's just, it just didn't have that same, gut punch i was kind of waiting for the entire movie but it was still really well made uh well directed well acted and definitely worth watching Uh, anytime i can find like a netflix original movie that's actually pretty good that's a w so yeah same game i I have nothing to add here you good yeah no i i i I got i got nothing (laughs) all right then so that's a four out of five all right uh what's next uh i mean let's keep it on the netflix train then i'll talk about roma um, I watched Roma from Alfonso Quilion. Uh Yeah, this was really good, too. I like this movie a lot. Uh, what I really liked about this movie, though, was how every shot just looked like a painting. Like, it was gorgeous. And I looked up, oh, man, who did the cinematography for it? And it was the director himself. So I was like, oh, like you don't see that that often, at least that I've seen. So I thought that was really cool. And he's obviously a pretty good cinematographer, too, because it was just... Yeah, man, like the way this movie was shot is beautiful. It's all in black and white. Uh, the Netflix, it's on Netflix as well. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous 4K cut, which is frustrating because the Criterion is only Blu-ray. There's no 4K cut for it. So you're downgrading if you buy it, which really sucks. I guess maybe that's something Netflix does on purpose. Fuck them. But yeah, this is great. Uh, just kind of another slice of life movie and troubles in the past and working through them. Theme kind of this uh, for this one. Uh, and it's just really like you've got a bunch of unknown actors in this too. It's like I don't think I think there's like one known actress, but everyone else is like it's their first or second movie. So it's really good, and you can tell it's just a very personal story for the director. Like I think he said he's drawn from like real life inspiration, and he's probably lived a lot of this. So uh, you can tell it's very very personal for him, and uh, he did a really great job here. I've always liked him. I still want to rewatch uh, White Mama Tien at some point. Uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> my brain tripped up and it was like wait a minute that's spanish but why is it not spanish <laughs> and then the uh harry potter and the, the prisoner azkaban director so he's got some good shit in his uh, filmography and uh yeah i really enjoyed the hell out of this so another great movie and again like i said before anytime netflix can give me an original film that i feel is good and not uh, don't look up that's a w uh look they'll make two good movies a year and then they will use it as a spearhead to get you to subscribe for the rest of the bullshit that they have if you want to watch ultimatum marry it or break it i don't know what the title is or something like that but i know that's a tv show that exists uh so roma um when you said that you watched it i was like oh man i should watch it and then of course knowing myself i was like i can't focus on this well enough i'm not gonna do it um but yeah i have all intentions of watching this uh i actually very much enjoyed part of the the parts of itumama tambien that you can kind of tell that mexico itself is also a character in that movie and Oh my god, I gotta pull out a cliche. Fuck, I did it. Oh well, whatever. But it really is. Like, the setting is as much of a character as the three characters are in that movie. So, the fact that Roma has um, 
you know, the connectives as Alfonso Cuaron cinematic universe where Mexico reprises its role in a different movie. Uh, that does excite me. And I honestly think I hate myself for that joke because I don't think I should be pulling the term cinematic universe anywhere close to Alfonso Cuaron. But here I am making <laughs> jokes that make me hate myself. Uh, anyways, Roma, I do want to watch this. Um, I'm actually kind of digging the idea of the fact that the movie's in black and white because I assume that means that even though Netflix's originals in 4K stream very nicely, the fact that it's in black and white makes me think that hopefully the higher bit rate means that I'm not going to see a much as much color banding as I would if it were uh, shot in color. So, uh, yeah, Roma. Uh, hopefully not good enough to make me buy a criterion because your boy's not trying to spend that much money at 10. <laughs> uh, just a solid, really, really solid eight out of 10. So good movie. All right. How many uh, you got? All right. Let's carry on. Cause I'm still behind. Uh, let's go Stoker next. Um, all right. Yeah. So Stoker, this is interesting. So this is, let me look up the director. I should know this when I'm blanking. Park Chan-wook. There we go. Oh, Park Chan-wook. oh okay. So, yes. We've got the director of old boy and fucking, um, and uh, Handmaiden in the house. So here's the interesting thing about this movie. So back to the L or LSM, back to the past. Well, I mean, they were in LSM too, but anyways, either way, back to the discord. We stole them. Uh, Mac and Sam. Uh, Mac, we already said, fuck you. Uh, and Sam, <laughs> he's been on the show before, obviously. Be before Sam, good trilogy. boy. Good boy. Uh, Canadian. Yeah, so he's good. Never mind. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, both of them warned me profusely not to watch this movie. They're like, do not watch this film. <laughs> like, just don't. <laughs> don't do it. Save your time. Park Chan looks great, but just skip this one. I was like, oh boy. I'm like, like that's just going to make me watch it, you know? Like, I, I got to see what's going on here. So I did it to my watch list. Finally watched it. Uh, yeah, it's not very good. <laughs> I, I think the issue is, it's, first of all, it's his first English language film. And from reports on the set, and the Sam was telling me, like apparently he had to use a translator a lot of the time, and I, I'm guessing a lost a lot of it was lost in translation. It's it's also it's it's by Fox, so and this is obviously pre Disney era Fox Disney era Fox uh, Fox Searchlight, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna guess that they probably restrained him quite a bit. I, I feel like there's times in this movie that it was like, oh, he just didn't go hard enough. Like, this is not a Park Chan-wook thing. Like, he would go fucking balls to the wall if he wanted to. And I think there's a good movie hidden in here, but uh, this reeks, just reeks of a lot of studio interference to me. And I think that's probably the main problem with this film. Uh, there's some good performances here. Like, I really like the girl in this. Uh, she shows up in a movie on my list later. Uh, Mia Mia Wiskowska. God, I, I'm so bad with names. Was that Wiskowski? I, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, Mia. Uh, she's really good in this, actually. Uh, and she's in the double later, which I'll talk about. But uh, yeah, this just, it's pretty mid. Uh, it's very mixed. Like, a lot of people really like it. I actually have a friend who loves this movie. Uh, but yeah, it just didn't hit for me. I would much rather watch Old Boy. So. Mia Wasikowska, I think. Wasikowska. There we go. Yeah, that's worth a shot. Um, okay. This movie, um, I don't have anything to say about it, so I'm just going to go with the first joke that came to my mind, which was, uh, Stoker, how about the easiest porn parody of all time? Uh, I, fuck, I'm really off my game. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, porn parody out of 10. The 2.5 out of 5. I uh, hope that's pain in your voice, but from how much that joke sucked. Yeah, it was about the, that was the, your, that joke was worse than the movie. So, congratulations. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh okay let's talk about uh, paths of glory next oh. uh, 
fuck you. A little bit late for this one, but yeah. So the, obviously there is a film club on the Passive Pixel Discord. Do you want to We're talk about advertising it again? Jesus, yes, I know. Christ. No, no. The thing is, I hate it because like the the title is set. Okay, the title is Casual Game of Summer. Okay, I do not want to change it to Ad. <laughs> I mean, you could do Casual Game of Summer sponsored by Ad. <sighs> Sponsored by the Passive Pixels Discord. You know, fuck yeah, there that's you the go. title there now. Go. There we go. Yeah, we there figured it go. out. Science. Right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you, you want to talk about it? Because this is your baby. Oh, uh, no. I mean, you already. I already sped my piece, so it is up right. to you. Carry on. All right. So yeah, film. There's a film club on there. Uh, I am, uh, as always, fashionably late, so I'm two weeks behind on it. And yeah, I watched uh, Paths of Glory finally. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really great, though. Really good movie. Uh, Kubrick, I mean, the guy, what, what I appreciate so much about Stanley Kubrick is just how different every one of his films are. I've said this before, and it's so true, though. And the only director that I feel is even close to him in terms of that these days is Paul, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. And just how every movie just feels completely separate from each other. And it feels like it could be a completely different director making them all. And that's, again, how I felt with this movie. Uh, Kirk Douglas is incredible in this. Just a really strong performance. And yeah, I mean, it's always good to see a movie that a war movie that doesn't so much focus on the war itself, but just kind of like, oh boy, war really is shit. Uh, and from a different angle, uh, in yep. this one specifically. So I really appreciated that about this movie. Um, it was great. I don't have a ton of complaints about it. Um, I mean, again, war movies are always going to be kind of cap for me. They're not my favorite thing in general, but, uh, definitely worth a watch. And, uh, this was, uh, one of the better Kubrick movies I've seen. So I really enjoyed it. Um, so I said most of my praise in the last episode, but once again, uh, it is a great movie. Um, I love seeing it, uh, even less as a war film. It just sort of seems like the war part is just to show that even at the most serious of situations where people's lives are being put on the line, uh, there are still people who are going to be dicks and be selfish. And, um, I love reading into that as a metaphor for governments as well. And any sort of large group of people, um, did you want to go into spoilers or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, we can if you want. I, I don't really have much more to say. So if you I have mean, something specifically you want to cross off. but No, that's the thing. I just always feel like if spoilers are there, then if we want to open that door, sure. But if we don't want to open that door, yeah. that's okay. No, I, keep, I, I think we're good on this one, honestly. Okay, yeah. Uh, Paths yeah. of Glory is just going to be... Um, like, anytime you have a extended singing sequence, um, I'm going to love it out of 10. Great. Uh, it's a four out of five for me. Um, okay, how many do I got left now? One, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, I'm catching up. Okay, uh, perfect. Do a couple more here, quick. Uh, I'll just do Jaws. Get Jaws out of the way. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's Jaws. This is gonna be another Godfather. This is gonna be another Goodfellas. Like, what the fuck are we gonna be able to say? Wizard of Oz. I mean, come on. It's the most iconic score of all time. Like, yeah. I mean, you can argue Lord of the Rings. Um, you can argue the Back to the Future score, which I think I was actually just humming. I don't know why. <laughs> Wait, no, no, but no, no. The thing is, is that they started off similar. So yeah, they did. Uh, they do start off similar. Back to the Future. Fuck no! Oh my god! No, no, we've tripped. Oh no, no! You know how people have said that you can't hum the you can't hum the Indiana Jones and then the Superman theme back to back. Hold on. <laughs> what the fuck? Hold on. Hold on. 
Oh my god, this is two back-to-back live. What? No. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, my, my brain's like melting right now. We gotta move on. Uh, yeah, dogs. <laughs> so yeah, iconic score. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm not even going to touch that, man. I'm fucked. Uh, Stone Cold Classic. I mean, it's Jaws. Again, there's so little you can say about it. The only thing I, I really want to touch on specifically is I actually read a lot of complaints about how bad the shark looked today online. Or, I mean, like, these days online compared to, like, I mean, this was made in the 70s. And oh, they said, like, that off. takes it out of it. But I was like, you know what? This still looks better than most CGI shit. So shut the fuck yeah. up. Like, give me practical any goddamn day over CGI. Like, it looks great. So, I mean, it's Jaws. How the, If you have not seen Jaws, how the fuck have you not seen Jaws? Like, how? I'm not going to smack anyone down because I watched it, like, within the last two years. I mean, hey, at least you corrected the wrong. Okay, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So if but you that. haven't seen Jaws, you have you don't have two years. You've got, like, two weeks. Watch it. There you go. <laughs> I just love the idea that you kind of say it like, we're going to find them if they don't. Exactly. I'm going to pull fucking Liam Neeson and Taken on them and find them. What I'm going to do is that I'm just going to kill myself in front of them, and I'm going to set it up so it looks like they killed me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, th- once again, this is going into that category of a Wizard of Oz, of a Godfather, of a Goodfellas. It's Jaws. What can I say that hasn't already been said? This movie's fucking great, and it is literally two notes and you know immediately what the movie is um which honestly that's pretty fucking incredible just from a songwriting standpoint of how iconic it is jaws is going to be a cinema out of 10 yeah for me it's an it's it's an 8 out of 10 uh and it's just again one of the better thrillers made and uh steven spielberg should be proud of that one like it's one of his best in my opinion so uh just great stuff Great you know, just, just shout out Spielberg as well, because this man is um, the World War II king uh, between yes. Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, and the Pacific. So God bless that man. Oh, wait, hold on. Yep. Schindler's List. How dare I? Because, oh, God, did we bring up Schindler's List again? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, on. yeah. <laughs> you or me. Yeah, I'm going to go one more, and then we should okay. be basically caught up at that point. So I'm, I'm going to talk about it. the Northman right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so I know you haven't seen this yet, so uh, we'll keep it semi-brief but uh this is great uh i'm still debating if it's my least favorite robert eggers movie i think it might be i have to rewatch the vavich and uh really kind of dig into that and see but it's definitely not on the same level as lighthouse for me but it's still an excellent movie it's just like if if you have like anything you would think if you've seen a trailer for this if you've seen a poster for this if you've heard what this movie is about it, nothing will shock you. It's exactly what you'd expect on the tin. It's a Viking revenge story, a lot of blood, and just a lot of really badass moments in it. And it's done expertly. Um, it does it does feel like, okay, the movie still definitely feels like an Eggers film. Like, it's very on brand for him. It's very great in that regard. But there are definitely, like, a couple of times where it's like, eh, you could definitely see where this is. This is not an A24 film. This was made by Universal Focus Pictures. Had a $90 million budget. And you could definitely see some studio bullshit where it's like, eh, it probably wasn't supposed to be like that. Um, and Eggers has even come out and said that, like, this was kind of a nightmare doing this movie. So the fact that it turned out as good as it did is pretty cool. Uh, because there's definitely, yeah, you can smell a little bit of studio bullshit sometimes, but it's still great. 
Uh, and especially, I find the ending of this movie is just so fucking good that, like, even if I was like a little bit more lukewarm on it, that would just elevate it up for me. So, like, that kind of ties the entire thing together. Uh, Alex Gasgard and Anna Taylor Joy—they're both great in here, especially uh, Alexander. His presence in this movie—he's just such a fucking intimidating beast in this, and like, just great physical acting in this. So. Yeah, it was really well made. Uh, I watched this for the first time in Dolby Atmos. I've never seen a movie in Dolby Atmos before. Why? And boy, it was nice. There, like, it, it, the thing about Dolby Atmos is interesting. So they do this little demo before. Yes. I was like, oh fuck, this is cool. Like, the okay, fucking this, demo. this is neat. And then it, it wasn't always like noticeable, but like when it, when it when they when it was made noticeable, it was like, oh, there's the Atmos difference. Like, there's a couple, yeah. there's a few times in that movie where Hell you yeah. could definitely point out where it is, and it's like, okay, that fucking sounds great. So that was a cool yeah. experience. Um, and yeah, just a really, really solid movie. Okay. Um, related to uh, studio interference, um, a tweet. Uh, Robert Eggers says the Northman is, quote, another film where I wanted penises and didn't get them, end quote. Um, so <laughs> we have proof now that the studio told Robert Eggers, you want penises on screen? No. That's a bad Robert Eggers. No penis for you. So, um, yes, uh, we all know that we now want the Northman Uncut Edition. Um, yeah, I'm actually really proud of that joke. Actually, fuck. I, that was... Uh, I'm going to let that one sit for a little bit. I needed to make up for whatever shitty joke I had previously. Um, okay. The Northman. Um, I'm just not really that much into Vikings. I don't know. There's just something about them where it's like, I don't really you guys are just kind of fighting with axes i'm sorry i just i'm a sword boy i like swords you're using an axe i don't know man i think the only time i really liked axes was like god of war like that's about it i, I don't know i'm just not really a viking boy so even though the northman is robert eggers which i mean the man has made two good movies that i enjoy i don't think i love them as much as everyone else does but it's like yeah i like these um which is the vivich and no 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 that's not the right one um the lighthouse i almost <laughs> said no no my brain at least i'm glad i caught it uh, but anyway we'll get to that in a bit <laughs> oh you're oh yeah right okay yeah okay so uh, yeah the northman uh Probably really good. I think I'll probably watch it as home if I ever do out of ten. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it, it'll look really good on an old that movie too. I, I have a I have a four K steelbook I've been pre ordered and I still really like it and I probably would have kept it anyways because it's stonks. But um, I definitely want it because I think that movie's gonna pop on the old and look great. So good stuff. Mm. Uh, eight oh, out of ten. Wait, speaking of which, but man, Dolby Atmos. I'm so glad mm. that you're in the cult now. Mm. Yeah, it was beautiful. That sounded great. Mm -hmm. uh, if you ever if for some reason there's ever a blade runner that's showing in dolby oh, atmos now they yeah, have access to it yeah. go immediately you uh, sacrifice whatever you have to yeah no that's 100 percent happening if i can ever find it mm. all right carry on uh well i mean we're caught up now so you can take a turn if you want okay all right i will go ahead and do that uh what do i have next um okay i guess we're gonna force the hand here uh better call Saul season four five and six all right let's um, do it so Whoa. I watched Better Call Saul probably like in 2019. No, wait, when the fuck did I move into my house? 2020? I moved into my house early 2020. And I think during that point, um, the living room was still not exactly fully set up. And I decided, you know what? I feel like being in the living room because I own a house, goddammit. I can be in the living room now and not have to worry about other people going in and trying to take my goddamn TV. So I started watching Better Call Saul and 
the show for season one i'm probably just gonna end up doing a brief overview of all of this and it's probably very unfair because better call Saul probably warrants way more time than i'm willing to give it right at the moment uh better call Saul season one feels like a show that still lives too much in the shadow of breaking bad and still doesn't understand what kind of show it is but there is still a very strong character focus through line throughout season one that makes me go okay so that wasn't a waste of time because they're, that ending in season one, like, it hits so fucking hard, and especially close to home for me. So it's like, oh, this is great. Seasons two, three, two, season two, it feels like the show has way more of its footing now. And it's, like, it, it if you went from Breaking Bad season, like the season finale, and then went into season two of Better Call Saul, quality-wise and pacing-wise, they're way more even. Uh, season three is probably the best season of the show and considering that i think i rank better call saul higher than breaking bad i'm slowly rolling back on that because i don't feel like i've seen the two shows close enough in proximity to be able to tell that but at the same time like even watching season six right now i'm blanking up a lot on what has happened in the first five seasons leading up to this well i mean the first three and a half seasons we'll say three and a half seasons because i watched season five not long ago so season three probably peak of the show between the two of them um <laughs> i literally just said everything of like oh, i don't know if it's better and then i immediately dropped that shit <laughs> i'm i uh, okay moving on season five is also sorry season four i watched the first half of season four but then when i realized that season five was the last season that was out then season six was delayed because of COVID. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to finish season four and then have season five. So I stopped halfway through season four and then told myself, okay, whenever they start airing season six, that's when I'll catch back up. And so they started airing season six. So I caught back up. I watched the second half of season four. Uh, season four is probably just slightly better than season one. But I think that's mostly because it is consistently good, while season one feels like, yeah, this is all right, and then it eventually becomes, holy shit, that's really good. So it's barely better than season one, but it's like, ooh, this is this is reaching almost stretching points of how long this is going. But then season five feels like it starts making movements towards the title, of course, Better Call Saul, and how Jamie McGill turns into Saul Goodman. Uh, which the funny thing is, is that you can probably name either show Breaking Bad and it would still be true. So fucking awesome, really. Um, season five, good. I like the movement that you get there. The ending to, I think, season four, it just hits you like a fucking sack of bricks. And then season five just starts picking up from there. Uh, season six, what we currently are on, uh, the show still has a great trajectory from season five where it's starting to feel like okay we are now setting up the pieces for what will become breaking bad and the last episode that was on fucking great um i don't even know if we want to go into spoilers i will let you decide that but um it is now nice to see a show that feels like it is a prequel, and you would think that some prequels would be hampered by the fact that you already know what happens next. This show definitely does suffer from that sometimes, but we are getting closer up to a point where 
questions are going to be answered that aren't necessarily answered in Breaking Bad. So we get to have some unpredictability that hasn't been there probably since season three and some of the characters involved with that. So, um, yeah, Better Call Saul, fucking great. Now, Dorian, I know you've been watching it, so take me along the road throughout this entire show. Yeah, so Better Call Saul is my favorite show on television uh, currently. Um, uh, it's not close. Like, it's just incredible for me. Uh, I right. basically think it's been consistently. Like, I mean, yeah, it starts, I guess, a little bit slow in the first season, but I, I still like the first season a lot. So um, it's consistently good. And it's just been kicking into a high gear. Like, yeah, the season three stuff might be the peak. Um, a real, It was a really great season. But I can tell they're already setting up some stuff here for the end game. It's going to be pretty goddamn great. I mean, the last episode we just watched is up there with Chicanery for me. Like, that was a fucking phenomenal episode. Like, it was so, so fucking good. Um, do you know the the actor's name for uh, Nacho? Uh, hold Up on. Him. I am actually pulling up Chicanery because I know that's the fucking episode. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, that one. Um, Oh, yeah. Chican- Chicanery is my favorite episode in the whole series. Um, I mean, so. between the two series, I think that might one that one probably is right. That one's right next to Ozymandias as like, yes. holy shit. Yep. And yep. that's actually the very good divide between both of these series where it's like, oh, one is a whole lot quieter than the other. But both of them know how to send those fucking explosives. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and 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 the chicanery for me specifically is so it's such an incredible episode for a lot of different reasons. But you you get those performances from uh, from Jimmy and Chuck at the very end of the episode that are just oh my god, like they're just so incredible. And By then way, at the end, Michael of, Mando is the actor. Thank uh, you. And then at the so at the end of this last episode, uh, Rock and Hard Place, I think it was called. Michael Mando just. Uh, he he puts in just an incredible performance throughout the entire episode, but specifically at the end of the episode, he is just incredible. And he's very, he's never really been, like he's always been fairly, I don't want to say quiet, but he's never been a very loud actor and he gets he's loud. He's stayed. That. Yeah. Yeah. But he gets loud uh, in this episode and he's great. So uh, Better Call Saul is just an absolute, like what they've managed to do and with these two series and kind of make this big giant world and bridge this together it's nothing sort of brilliant and i mean i am so biased towards the leftovers i don't know if any i don't think anything can ever talk the leftovers from ages because it's just an incredibly uh personal piece of media to me and it's my favorite piece of media ever but better call Saul. if you take leftovers out of the equation is probably my favorite show of all time so it's just an incredible accomplishment and i can't wait to see where the rest of the season goes it's gonna be exciting you know the funny thing is is that i'm totally willing to cheat and put better call saul and breaking bad right next to each other and just call it all breaking bad yeah um and if i were to do that it's like oh yeah you're getting into the top five easily the thing is is that i i know that even if like the next episode we get back to saul goodman and he's like yeah by the way i've I'm just going to do blackface for the the rest of the series. I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> no. But I would still be like, yeah, Better Call Saul is still like a really good TV show. Just like, you know, like once you get to season six, episode four, it's going to get really weird. Just stop watching. It's just just make up. Just go straight to Breaking Bad. 
<laughs> yeah, no shit, eh? Well, that's the that's the nice thing. We're not going to get a Game of Thrones with this because we already would have seen it. Like it would have already started to seep in the cracks. So we might get maybe we'll get a disappointing final episode or something like that. But we're not going to have a complete meltdown this season. Here's the thing: you can have like a bit of a soft ending and still be okay because like Breaking yeah. Bad's ending. Not exactly like setting the world on fire. Like I, I think most of the people who I hate to bring this up, but like you'll see why I bring it up. Most of the times that I've been in the room for the fucking Friends finale, whenever my wife's watching it for the fucking seventieth <laughs> time, uh, it's it's not really doing anything, but it's it's enough that she still cares, and it's like okay, well your ending didn't fuck up, so it's like okay at least people are still gonna like you and then you compare it to something that is a catastrophic ending like game of thrones or what i was initially going to bring up which is how i met your mother because i think pound for pound how i met your mother is just good friends except that ending ruins so much that people don't think about how i met your mother so um yeah um I think that even if they just have a slightly softer ending, I will still be happy to recommend this show to anyone. Yeah, I would take it, it would. Like, and, and that's the thing, though, like it would be have to be really unfathomably bad because I know like because of Breaking Bad, we kind of know to an extent on how it's going to end. We don't know exactly how and we don't know where some of the pieces are lied, but we know where we're going to basically be yeah so it, it would man they would have to do something just fucking horrible in yeah. order to get into a state for me to say no nah, it's not worth it and i just i can't see mm-hmm. um so just because um while i was looking it up on wikipedia we're on episode three right yes uh the next episode uh ria she uh, ria seahorn is actually going to direct that one and then i think the second to last episode of the first half of season six jesus christ that's a lot of math uh giancarlo esposito is going to direct that one. Oh, that's fucking cool that's awesome well we'll see it should be it should be good stuff i'm oh i'm so excited watch like i don't like watching shows live anymore but this is this one's definitely the exception because i can't wait for it so uh ria shehorn by the way just uh, damn it ria seahorn man my brain sees that h and it just wants to do the sh sound um if if i'll save you the google she's kim wexler in uh, better call Saul. um so yeah uh better call Saul. fucking mm, i mm, I really want to say Kino out of 10, but I almost feel like, you know, it's that fucking good, but also it's still TV at the end of the day. Uh, it's, you know what, you know, I feel like it's, I can say cinema and it won't, it's, it won't hurt me. So cinema out of 10. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I mean, Better Call Saul as a whole is basically my second favorite show of all time right now. So that's my score out of 10 and we'll see where it ends eventually. Perfect. All right. Uh, that was mine. So your turn. All right. Uh let's do uh, let's talk about the unbearable weight of massive talent mm, mm, mm. so that's the past th- pixels in a nutshell. yeah no doubt eh? <laughs> yeah it's the documentary of me obviously uh okay <laughs> so this is this is fun this is fun if you don't know about this movie it's basically nick cage playing himself and just an exaggerated version of himself and a lot of nick cage references a lot of throwbacks to nick cage movies and it's great. I mean, it's fun. It's exactly what you think it would be. I mean, the biggest complaint I have about it is it's safe. Um, there's a lot of mispotential here because it's it's incredibly safe at times. And I feel like I wish they went a little bit harder at points uh, with some of the humor and some of the jokes. But I kind of understand that's not the type of movie they were trying to make. So it's still good. Uh, if you're a fan of Nick Cage, like you won't at least find a little bit of enjoyment in this. 
I still don't like Pedro Pascal, but Nicolas Cage is like so fucking charismatic that he can just, you know, suck out some of the vacuum that he sucks in, suck out, sucks out some of the charisma he sucks in and puts it back out in the world. I don't know if that makes sense, but that was a very who watches the Watchmen statement. <laughs> no shit. Uh, which I will soon. I can't wait for that steel book. We'll do a rewatch of that. Uh, but yeah, so fun movie. And actually, I, do you care about spoilers for this movie? Uh, no. Because I, I do want to spoil something if you don't care because it's funny. Uh, but if I you will do, I, watch I, I, it I, at some point, but like I don't really know how much you can spoil. Like this okay. feels like something if you were to spoil for me, it's like, am I going to really have proper context for this? Like I'm going to watch this like late into catching up with all of Nick Cage's movies. Okay, then then I'm going to spoil this because I think this is great. So any uh, comments before I go into spoilers? Um, I don't know. Uh, God, I had a joke, but I lost it. We're running out of time. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we let's just do that then so three two one uh, i don't know how to fucking spoil this movie actually and the spoiler was gonna say but i gotta explain it beforehand fuck i fucked up okay well whatever <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> there's just a fucking and this is more of an inside joke i think than anything else but i, I find it hilarious there's a funny joke where uh him and pedro pa- so he asked pedro pascal like what are your three favorite movies of all time right and uh, Pedro Pascal's like, well, so of course he lists, I think he lists off Nick Cage, uh, uh, one of Nick Cage's movies first. And I'm blanking on which one. It might have been Con Air, but he lists one of Nick Cage's movies first. And Nick Cage is like, oh, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. And the second movie is some fucking movie. I forget the name of it, but it's like, I think it's a real movie, but it's some pretentious old black and white movie. <laughs> and uh, Cage is like, oh, that's one of my favorite movies. Like, yeah, man, that's great. And then he's like, what's your third? And he's like, Paddington 2. And Nick Cage is like, Paddington? Are you joking? And then like it cuts to like an hour and a half later after they've watched it and Nick Cage is crying. He's like, this is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> so prop for the Paddington love. That was a great joke. We at Passive Pixel stand Paddington. We do. Um, we, we, sp- we stand that bear. <laughs> by the way, I forgot. Here's the thing. I forgot my joke, but then I remembered a follow-up joke, which is, um, of course, I'm forgetting jokes. That's why our viewership is falling off. There we go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's why we're not the Riddler. Uh, you see, I forgot a joke, but I still had to come back and fulfill it. Yeah. Oh, my God. You see, my brain is failing again. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I will watch this at some point out of 10. All right. It's a 3.5 out of 5 for me. Okay. Uh, the next one that I have on my list is freedom wars okay now i have rediscovered my vita i i have like literally five games to the thing and then i doubled that to 10 or somewhere around there i don't really remember anymore i mean physical not digital digital i'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch more because of playstation plus and all that but freedom wars was basically the last um triple a feels like the best way to describe it even though like at the end of the day it's still a handheld game so i don't really know how accurate that is but uh it is the last uh you know actually no here's the term uh it is the last first party effort uh from sony of any capacity it was made from japan studio again fuck you jim ryan for doing this to me why would you kill one of my favorite developers fuck you i hate you i hope you never run another company again unless if it's something like fucking ooyer okay um so freedom wars at least from who I asked, is supposed to be Monster Hunter-esque inspired. 
Now, Monster Hunter is very important to the success of the PSP because Monster Hunter was a fucking craze. Now, the problem is, is that um, in like 2011, 2012, Monster Hunter, being a very primarily handheld series, uh, went to the 3DS and that basically secured the 3DS to not only beat the Vita, but demolish it. The Vita already had a whole bunch of problems, but like this is another one that's like, ooh, that's bad. And because... Like, I guess it may have been a conscious effort from developers to be like, oh, shit, Monster Hunter isn't on PSP. I mean, sorry, on Vita. We're going to go ahead and fill that niche. So you've got things like Soul Sacrifice and, oh, my God, there's there's like a couple more um, Monster Hunter clones that I can't remember, but or Monster Hunter-esque. I may be talking out of my ass. Apologies. Uh, but Freedom Wars was also another one of these Monster Hunter-esque games. And this is clicking in my brain because it is so of its time. Like, I think this game came out in 2014, 2015, but it feels so much like the early 2010s that I'm getting a hit of nostalgia that I wasn't expecting. Like, this game feels so much within that time from its art style and its presentation that, like, ah, I'm really digging this right now. And there, the game itself is very mission-based where you're going out, you're fighting either other human enemies, which is when it's like, ooh, this isn't as fun, or you're facing gigantic skeletal monsters and you have a grappling hook and whenever you grappling hook them, you can hold on to them and start attacking them. You can jump off, you can sever their limbs. You have a sword. It's like, oh yeah, this is feeling really good. It's, it's you, you have a robot companion and then you have three AIs that help you out and then they have their own buddies. So it's like eight of you taking out this gigantic skeleton monster. I'm like, oh, this is clicking my brain in the right spots. And I... It's, I'm very much enjoying this, but my next Vita obsession kind of took me away from it. My big complaint with Freedom Wars is that who cares about the story, honestly? Like, the plot of Freedom Wars is that uh, the world is war-torn and all of you are in different factions called Panopticons. And the cool thing is, is that when the game was alive, like, you could choose your actual geography as a panopticon so like i still had my save from like 2015 2016 and it's like oh you're part of the houston panopticon which i was like oh yeah i'm still there huh and then i looked at them it's like i'm 17th place and hong kong is number one sick um so i am playing this game and i remember not remembering what to do next and it's because i thought i had done all the criteria to do the next missions but this game way too often will be like, hey, get out of here and go explore and talk to people. It's like, I don't want to do that, man. I just kind of want to do the missions. I want to take out these big robot dudes. Like, just let me. Oh, I didn't even explain. Uh, the people who are in these panopticons, you actually have people who are the rich ones. And then you have basically people who are in <laughs> who are prisoners and at the beginning of the game you get the classic amnesia and because you were apparently such a badass and the amnesia made you forget all your training whatever fuck it who cares go with it this is what i'm saying the story probably shouldn't be paying attention to uh because you forgot all of the sick tools that the government taught you you now have uh, a million years uh prison sentence and by doing missions you can get it down 
that's all you really need, man. Just go ahead and give me some threadbone shit about that, and then let me keep doing missions to keep taking out these giant skeletal monsters. But no, it's like, oh man, don't you want the intrigue of like the riches? And like, no, I really don't. Can I just go and fight these monsters? Like, I just want to be able to get out of this Panopticon at some point, please. Um, but the game very fun i've slowed down on it mostly because of the story bits and because the next game that i'm gonna talk about is well i mean it's not gonna be the next game there's probably gonna be you know what fuck it i'm sure it'll be the next one hot shots golf world invitational that game is taking over my life and i'm in love so yeah freedom wars is ah this is still really good but like ah can you just shut up out of 10 so, Dorian, I know you had a brief flirtation with the Vita, and then you realize you fucking hate it incorrectly, I may add. Uh, did you ever touch this game? Does this interest you at all? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I just, it's not so much the Vita, just handheld gaming in general I don't like. You're um, the worst. You got monster P- hands. <laughs> PSTV fixes a lot of that, though. Uh, Freedom Wars, it seems interesting. Uh, I've kind of looked a little bit into it. Uh, it definitely seems like something I wouldn't mind trying at one point. Uh, I don't know too much about it. it. It's it's like a it is like an RPG, right? Uh, is it an RPG? I don't know. Describe RPG. Yeah, role playing game like levels and like fucking uh, shit to upgrade stuff like that. There's... Elements, elements. I guess I should say. I would say the closest thing that it reminds me of. It reminds me of the base building in Peace Walker. Um, it reminds me of like, okay, I am hiring these bases and leveling up my bases so then they can upgrade my gear and all that. Um, the You get credits per mission that the uh, government gives you. And uh, the funny mechanic with that is that you have to basically buy like specific rights in the game and if not it punishes you like it's honestly comedic because like you can talk to a um a guard and they'll be like hey shut up don't talk to me and it'll give you prompts right and you can be like talk eavesdrop or leave and if you eavesdrop like you know it just lets you listen into whatever they're saying and if you leave you leave but if they say don't talk to me and mate and then you talk they're like i told you not to talk and then they add another 20 years to your sentence so it's fucking hilarious shit like that and so like you can buy the right to talk to people you can you can buy the right to run for more than five seconds if you run for more than five seconds they give you like 10 years it's funny shit like that where it's like this game is different enough that like i don't really know how i feel about calling it an rpg it just feels very a base management action game i guess interesting well i'm not i'm i i don't love base management stuff but the rest of it sounds well, appealing walker, to me though. so i don't know it's a, it's a thing i might check on eventually no but i'm like did you did you get into the deep with peace walker and uh phantom pain yeah yes yes i it, I, I didn't I, I still didn't love it in those either but that's like kojima so i i, I put up with it <laughs> okay no, that's the thing it scratched my brain a little bit with that like it's not going to be okay. full on like that but digging in through the menus you eventually start getting into this rhythm i'm like okay i'm gonna i know which ai enemies i and ai friendlies i like so i'm gonna go ahead and level them up okay uh, i'm gonna go ahead and buy the right to be able to wear a red tank top okay i'm gonna buy the right to name my robot something like you just follow you just fall into the rhythm pretty quickly and one thing I also want to mention, shout out to the way that you confirm buying stuff. 
uh, at the bottom right of the touchscreen of the Vita, it asks you for your fingerprint. It's not reading your fingerprint. It's literally just waiting for you to touch it. And there's something just so satisfying about putting your thumb on there. And then it like scans your finger, like with quotation marks, scans. And it's like, ah, I read your fingerprint. It's definitely you. You bought it. And it's like, ah, I just, it's such a little touch that every time I think about it, I love it. Yeah, that sounds fun. It sounds like a unique game. And if nothing else, unique games like that are... Or at least we're checking out because, you know, at least there's something new there and they're trying something different. So you got to give props for that. <sighs> Fucking Jim Ryan. That's my score. Fucking Jim Ryan out of 10. <laughs> uh, it's a maybe one day on my PS TV out of 10. Okay. Uh, you go next and then I'll do Hot Shots Golf after. Sure. Uh, let's talk about The Double. So oh, okay. this is a film by Richard Iote who is the creator of the IT crowd, a fun, or actually did he create, no, I don't think he created it. Sorry. He just acted in it. My bad. Mm. Um, it's a British, uh, comedy, basically kind of sketch series. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's funny. Uh, and I didn't know he was a director. I had no idea. And then I was just browsing along on good old Tubi and, uh, I heard about this movie and I was like, Oh, okay, this is interesting. So why not add it to my watch list? Then I found out he directed it and it kind of bumped up my list a little bit. And uh, AJ, shout out to AJ, he was uh, mentioning that he wanted to see this movie. So I was like, all right, fuck it, let's put it on. So I watched it. Uh, and I was actually surprised at how much I really, really genuinely like this movie a lot. Uh, and I'm surprised no one's really ever heard of this. Uh, it's Jesse Eisenberg. And once again, Mia Wiskowska. <laughs> oh, I'm not Googling that again. <laughs> I would yes. say that I would edit me saying it for the first time and then splice it in here, but that's work. So no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, she redeems herself from Stoker. And well, I mean, she was fine in Stoker too, but she's good. Stoker. Uh, it's uh, good. So basically just a guy who's just kind of living his life and schlumping along and not getting anywhere. And he has a crush on this girl, but he can't really act on it because he's kind of a loser. And all of a sudden, this double of him, this exact double appears at work and is like the alpha Chad version of him who has no problem advancing at work. He's stealing his bitches. And <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's very Hitchcockian in style and themes. And it feels like it's like just a classic mystery movie. Uh, I know you haven't seen it. Uh, I know you added it to your watch list, so I'm sure you'll get to it in 2099 or whenever that is. Correct. It just keeps getting worse. Yeah, it's uh, it it was a fun movie and I really, really had a good time with it. It's a lot deeper than I was expecting in terms of the meanings and kind of the ending and where it goes. And there was a lot to ponder with it. So uh, underrated one. Again, a lot of people probably even haven't heard of this movie, but uh, definitely worth watching. In my opinion, I really liked it. All right. uh, My score for the double is going to be I'm going to start Googling and figuring out how to get my brain into like one of those pods from Futurama. And I'm just going to have someone stick a USB into the back of the little pod to make me watch every movie ever. It's a four out of five for me. I I see you went for the simpler score. (laughs) Um, Okay. So my next game is Hot Shots Golf World Invitational. Holy shit, this has been taking over my life. I don't know why this fucking golf game is just clicking my brain so fucking well. Actually, before we started recording, I streamed this for like maybe 40, 50 minutes. And 
oh my god this game is just getting into my brain there's just something so satisfying about playing golf i love the power shots it just feels like everything about this game is it's got that offbeat sense that japan studio always had that no matter what game you're playing like that's the thing it's golf it's not going to be that complicated. They don't really get complicated with it at all. Like, it's really just shooting. It's going to be some different golf tracks and courses. I said tracks, whatever. Um, it's golf at the end of the day. It's not going to be anything that crazy. Like, it's not going to be Mario Golf. But there's just something in that simplicity that lets them be really fucking good. And... That's the thing, like, in my head, Gravity Rush is another Japan Studio game that comes to mind, and whenever I think of Gravity Rush and Freedom Wars and, uh, is there anything else that comes to mind? I guess Team Eco games, but, like, Team Eco doesn't exactly fall into this category, which is that their games, even if they're not perfect, what they go for, they nail so hard that you're completely okay if they even fall short because like i don't feel comfortable saying that about like something like shadow of the colossus because like shadow of the colossus you can be like oh well the controls aren't exactly what it should be but like at the end of the day that game feels like that control scheme is intentional in how it feels so while on the other hand i think things like freedom wars freedom wars is a little bit janky when it comes to controls uh, whereas hot shots golf i mean it's golf like how how badly can you really make how can you make a jank control scheme for golf? Like, you can't really do that. So, um, yeah, Hot Shots Golf, I think I'm already through, like, the first two levels. I think I was in, like, amateur or, like, rookie or something like that, and now I'm in the pro league. I don't know how much more of this game I have, but this game feels so much like if I wanted to buy this game again, I would buy it digitally just so I could always have it installed and be ready to go to play at any time because these golf tracks uh, courses fuck these golf courses are just so good and they're so varied and oh my god i'm enjoying this so much so dorian talk to me not even hot shots golf just golf in general are there any golf games that are important to you or do you want to go hot shots golf however you want to take it? yeah i've never actually played hot shots golf um i do have the everybody everybody golfs on ps4 which i think yeah. is the same creators or whatever it's uh, the same series it's just something that's like oh americans hate happy things it's not gonna be everybody's golf it's gonna be hot shots golf yeah <laughs> that's fair uh Kirby can't smile he's only angry in america <laughs> it's true though it's yeah, so no, it is. Yeah, uh, definitely something I want to try eventually. Uh, everybody's golf, um, hot shots golf. I'll probably never try, unfortunately, just because I'm not going to play it on my Vita. But um, I've heard good things about that series and that franchise, so that's fucking sweet. Uh, I do. I golf games are kind of hit and miss for me. I, I played Mario Golf obviously back in the day because everyone did. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I played like I'm sure some of the Tiger Woods games back in the day, but really? yeah, I mean, I, I I've actually golfed before in real life. It's fun watching golf. golf is painful, great. but. Uh, Actually, playing real golf or video game golf, it can definitely be fun. So there's there's a lot of good stuff there, um, and Hot Shots just seems so ridiculous in some of its presentation and the way it is that uh, definitely seems like a good time. I'm part of me feels like I always want to get everybody's golf, but the thing is, is that since I know the servers are going offline, I that pushes me to want to get it sooner. But then I start debating: okay, do I want Hot? Do I want everybody's golf, or do I want to get everybody's golf VR? 
And then with the fact that PSVR 2 is coming close, it's like, oh my god, I don't, you are, I am like in a pincer of indecisiveness where I probably am just going to keep playing Hot Shots Golf instead. Hey, as long as you're having fun, man. It's casual gamer Sunday after all, or some Sunday, summer. 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 <laughs> casual gamer sun, uh, summer, of course. Uh, there, there, there it is. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah, Hot Shots Golf is um, a worm in my brain that is going to leave anytime soon out of 10. It's uh, golf out of 10. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, your turn. Yeah, let's go first. Reformed, uh, another A twenty four banger here. Uh, watched on the great Hula Hoopla streaming Hoopla. network, which was basically four eighty p DVD quality. So, oh, kind of lovely. <laughs> uh, this movie's really damn good uh, as well. A lot of really good movies I watched these last couple of weeks, and this was another one. Uh, perfect example of a slow burn. Like you kind of just get a very slow burn throughout this movie that kind of intensifies and and uh and kind of ratchets up um it's very very hard to talk about this movie uh without going into spoilers i'm not going to but i'll very general about it so i can't say too much unfortunately um i wish the ending was i so let me let me just say i love this movie i think the ending is um shocking and i think it's good um i i wish they kind of would have gone in a different direction though and i can't really say much more than that but uh for what's there uh, I think it's a very, very good movie. Ethan Hawke is, I, I, I he's got to be, man, like one of, one of the more underrated actors, I think, by a lot of people. Like, he's just so great in everything he's in. And in this, he just is great as a priest that is just done and so close to, uh, close to a lot of problems and with health issues. And it's just a phenomenal performance from him. Uh, I love Amanda Seyfried. I'm a, kind of a simp for her. She's great. She's a great actress, too, though. And uh, she's very good in this as well. So uh, this is kind of under my radar. I really hadn't heard a lot about this movie, but this is another one Mac really likes. So uh, definitely, definitely worth watching. Um, hope Probably try to watch it in better quality than I did, though, because Jesus, <laughs> it was rough. But uh, yeah, great movie. Now, this is one that I remember seeing the trailers for. And my brain, that's the thing. I'm pretty sure. Wait, is it an A24 movie or no? It is A24, yeah. Okay, yeah, I feel like this was before I knew what A24 is because I was looking at it and like, this one just kind of feels like what pretentiousness would be. So it's like, uh, I don't really know if um, that was one I wanted to watch, but I'm also thinking, well, now that I know A24 and I know I can trust A24 to not just make bait, I do want to watch it, but also there's just something about uh, I think really it's just that priests are probably on the same level as Vikings where it's like, yeah, you'll probably make a good story. I'm just not really into it. I don't know what it is. Like, if I hear someone of faith, I don't know. I think I just have an aversion to it because my brain just goes, this is set up for, like, a literal deus ex machina. Like, this is, by definition, a deus ex machina just waiting to happen. I know it probably doesn't, but my brain does not stop from thinking that. So uh, first or foremost, um, uh, throw it on the USB stick when my brain gets tossed in the jar out of 10. Uh, her- her- hereditary fuck. Uh, first reformed is an 8 out of 10. Okay, perfect. Now, uh, a whole bunch of these are going to be very bite-sized, but whatever. Uh, by the way, I realized that everything, everywhere, all at once, I assume, is probably going to be our finale, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay, for, again, so. okay, because like I realized I skipped over it and I was like, oh, well, whatever. It's, it's probably intentional. Um, okay, Uncho- Unto- 
Uncharted Golden Abyss. Uh, I played this for five minutes, but I put it on the list because uh, <laughs> this is literally just my way of saying, don't worry, I will play it soon. Uh, Uncharted Golden Abyss uh, on Vita does not feel right. And this is exactly what I remember in 2011, 2012, when my brother came home with a uh, Vita that his then girlfriend, now wife, gifted him. Um, I don't even remember. I think as a graduation gift. And of course, because he had a Vita, it's like, well, <laughs> you're not that much of a gamer. I mean, no, hold on. I use the hard R. Gamer. You're not that much of a gamer. So, of course, I grabbed the Vita and started playing with it. And I remember that I played Uncharted on it. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. No matter how much I tweak the sensitivity, it just does not feel right on here. Um, and because of that, uh, I tried it again and I was like, yep, this still doesn't feel right. So I'm going to play this one on the PS TV. I may even stream it because why not? It's the PS TV. It feels good to play it like that. Uh, so yeah, Uncharted Golden Abyss is, um, Ben just keeps missing out of 10. I was going to say Days Gone out of 10, but it's not that bad. So. No, it's not, it's not, it can't be that yeah, bad. Yeah, it's fine out of 10. <sighs> okay. So yeah, that is it. Uh, Uncharted Golden Abyss, uh, your turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about Hereditary since I made that slip up. Um, I mean, I've talked about Hereditary on this show before, so this is my first time watching it in 4K. Uh, really, really great 4K cut, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Side note, they just did a great job with that. Uh, this is still my favorite horror movie of all time. Um, this is a top 20 movie of all time for me. Uh, and I just love this movie and everything about it. It's just a pure masterpiece to me. Ari Aster, I love his filmmaking style. I think he makes amazing movies and incredible stuff. Um, I still, Tony Collette's performance in this in specific is just so goddamn incredible to me. And I'm still, still upset that he got snubbed for an Oscar, but that's a 24 for you. They never get the respect they deserve when it comes to Oscar nominations in their movies. And it's not respect. But, it's just that they don't have enough money to bankroll like everyone else does. Yeah, fair. It's, that's just still frustrating, but. Oh yeah, it is. it is. Um, but yeah, she's great in this. And I mean, there's just, there's so many iconic moments to the, to me in this movie and just things I think back on. Uh, I've seen this movie in the theater. I saw this movie in the theater like five times, I think. And I've seen it a few times. I've probably seen it like at least 10 times now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just so terrifying to me. And I think you've said it before best. Uh, the best horror movies to me are movies that are just basically kind of regular ass movies with like little twists in them that make them horrors. And mm. that's what this is. It's just family drama. <laughs> and then yep. you kind of get an ending that kind of just shoves it into horror. But up until that point, it's basically just family drama and it's done so well. And it's so real, real feeling that you feel like, oh, man, this could fucking happen to me too. So just, just a phenomenal movie. Right. Have we, this is the first time that we talked to Hereditary on the show. I mean, we've referenced it, but yeah, I don't think either of us actually watched it. So since then, so shit. Okay. No, I'm kind of shocked that, you know, the Hereditary has been such a specter that I'm kind of shocked that we haven't talked about it. So, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and give my opinions. I thought I was just going to go straight to jokes because, you know, no, you're I, good. Go ahead. Shout about hey, Hereditary. No, no, that's the thing. I, I look, 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 we, we, I'll try to make it entertaining. Of course. <laughs> you know, I got to get my actual opinions out there at some point. Um, so hereditary is a very 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 good movie that there's like four different key moments that just take me out of the movie so fucking hard that it's like oh you were so close and that's kind of why i prefer midsummer because midsummer doesn't have those moments those moments where i want to fucking bust out laughing like i do in hereditary but, man, if you take out those four moments where I fucking die of laughter, Hereditary is just an unrelenting, just 
cruelness to seeing this just complete family drama of this family that just keeps wanting to tear itself apart and then you realize oh oh there was ah wow okay that's definitely what that is Ooh, i almost i almost said something um so i guess that means <laughs> we'll probably have to go to spoilers uh but yeah this this movie the atmosphere is fucking unmatched and Ari Aster in just one movie has cemented himself as someone who needs to be paid attention to in horror. And then Midsummer, he comes back and goes, you want to see me do it again? Um, okay. Shall we go into spoilers? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So three, two, one. We hail Paimon on this podcast. Paimon, come on. Wait, is that the name? I think so. It's close enough. Hail okay. Paimon. Hail Paimon. Um, okay, so the four moments that make me laugh my ass off every single fucking time that I think about this movie, because I haven't seen it since, but like it is still fresh in my mind from watching it in theaters. Um, I remember three. We'll see if I remember the fourth one. Uh, one is right after the girl dies, right? And then you have Tony Collette just collapse on the floor crying. That's like, oh, holy shit, that's bad. But the comedic slide of the camera panning across and she's still crying. Like, you'd imagine, like, it's been, like, a week or so and she's still crying like that. That fucking almost had me cracking up in the theater. And the fact that they just keep sliding it over and it's like, bitch, it's been three months. You can't hard cry like this. Like, you'd actually die and throw up a lung if you were crying like this the entire time. And that just makes me laugh every single time. The second one is... Oh, okay, now I remember them. Okay, now I remember. Uh, the second one is the scene where um, Alex Wolf, which, man, I I hate what he does to this movie because I can't take him seriously. Um, one is whenever he smacks his head in the desk and he starts screaming, and that is very effective. It's like, oh, holy shit. All right, that was actually scary. But then they cut to a wide shot. They pull out, and you just see this man sitting down in the middle of a of an entire classroom and he's just yelling while everyone's looking at him like what the fuck's his problem fucking comedic gold there's no reason that should be that funny but there it is uh third is another one that he does which is whenever tony collette scares him and he goes into his embrace of his dad and this has become a joke between me, me and my wife where we want to do a fake cry we mimic his which is like he goes into his his dad's embrace and goes <laughs> Like, it is the worst fake cry I've ever heard, and I, it almost made me break. However, the last moment that I think actually, like, I was like, I'm ready to break, and I'm about to ruin this movie for other people, which is the ending, which is Tony Collette's crazy eyes staring down as she saws her own head off, which, here's the thing, show me someone sawing their own head off, oh, fuck, that's terrifying, but Tony Collette's eyes, like, just, oh my god, that almost ended me, but what did have me stifling my laughter, like, literally, it was leaking out, was seeing Tony Collette's disembodied, this, no, sorry, dis, disheaded? Nope, dis, uh, dis oh, beheaded there we go i knew there was a word beheaded body just floating up to the treehouse that like i couldn't contain myself like that's when i started laughing i was like oh my fucking god and like those four scenes the fact that i was laughing way too much like you can have a little bit of levity but 
those had me almost fucking dying of laughter. I was like, oh, you broke the tone. This is, I like this movie, but like, ah, you, I wish these weren't here. These small little changes, and I would have liked this movie so much more. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't agree. I, I don't agree. Okay, am I a psychopath? <laughs> am I a psychopath? <laughs> No, every I think so. I I don't know how you're fucking laughing. <laughs> you know what? Even I can understand some of it. Like that, like okay, like that third one with him crying. Okay, I get it. It's a bit of over overacting, so I can get that. But the scene where she's fucking sawing her head off is absolute nightmare fuel to me. I I couldn't even imagine finding that funny. Like I could fathom a universe where I find that even slightly humorous. Dude, I so still I, see I, the, her the, big eyes the, too. The, now the first one that that's just because you're a shitty person, so I get that. And that's no, 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 her cry- <laughs> no. No, no, look. If there's one thing Ari Aster nails down is making people cry. Okay, like it sounds like uh, Florence Pugh is going to throw up every single internal organ at the beginning of that movie. All right, it didn't have her fucking sliding over like crying like that for three weeks straight. Okay, <laughs> like that's the thing. Like Tony Collette is is crying immediately, and then it's daytime, night time daytime is like you are not crying this hard okay look i understand losing a kid traumatic it never leaves you you're probably not going to cry harder than the beginning okay it'll be the same amount of sadness but like that <laughs> horse cry you're not doing that again you're not crying an entire week like that oh man it's good shit <laughs> i uh but yeah i don't know i never found it funny but uh i and to be honest i don't really find uh midsummer like uh, midsummer is really great too um, it's just not on the same level as Hereditary for me, but but I've actually only seen Midsummer the once, so that is definitely on my list of things to rewatch because I think I might appreciate that one more the second time. Uh, there's still some good shit in that movie too, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I I love Midsummer because it does not make me laugh <laughs> like Hereditary. Uh, but yeah, Hereditary still a really fucking good movie. Um, uh, pay Mon out of ten. It is a ten out of ten for me. Cinema at its finest. Oh boy, oh boy. Okay, um, this is my last one. Um, uh, this was something that wasn't in the table of contents because I just remembered, and I guess it technically counts. Um, Elden Ring. Um, I started coming back to it. I I didn't really know what to stream, and I was like, is it finally time to get my last drop of Elden Ring? And uh, survey says yes. Um, so I had already helped uh, Maple on Uncharted, the, that episode and the Spider-Man episode, the man who's never played Uncharted, of course, as we established. Um, he needed help with a certain boss in Elden Ring, so I wheeled myself out of bed and I decided to help him out. And I was like, oh, man, I kind of missed this. And so I started playing it again. Uh, I am absolutely getting my ass kicked because I definitely don't have my timing back. But the good thing is, is that I gave myself an entire area to get my timing back. So by the time that I I've already reached, like, I guess the dungeon or whatever, like the very complicated level structure. I'm already back there and I feel like I'm back up to speed with any of the skills that I missed. So I am back on the the horse. I am going to try to platinum this game because it is totally doable. Like this trophy list is actually really fucking good because it's like three or four trophies are collectibles and almost the rest of them are bosses or stuff that you want to do anyways. I want to say the only annoying one is probably getting the multiple endings, but because you can save scum that pretty easily, I don't really think that's a problem. Uh, so yeah, Elden Ring, uh, it's cocaine out of 10. I'm so ready to get another start in baby. Yeah. I'm still not going to play it out of 10. Mm, understandable. Carry on. <laughs> Interstellar. 
Uh, that's my second oh, last boy. one. Yes, Interstellar. So this is special for me because this is the first time I got to watch the movie, not only in 4K, but on my OLED as well. So double whammy here. And oh boy, it did. It lived up to that hype, man. What a gorgeous, gorgeous 4K uh, transfer that is, especially with the IMAX scenes and the space stuff and on oh, the OLED. What a beautiful, beautiful movie. Even, with, even without Dolby Vision, doesn't even need it. So fucking good. Um, so reference quality there. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, definitely top uh, top 20, maybe top 15. It's uh, very often I have an internal tug of war in my head over which movie I like better, this or Inception. And it's always the same fucking bullshit. I'll watch Inception and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's, this is better than Interstellar. And then I watch Interstellar and then I'm like, oh, actually, wait, I don't know. <laughs> I go back to Inception and it just fucking rinse and repeat. So it's usually Inception ahead of it. But fuck, I love both of these movies so goddamn much. And this is just an incredible film. Uh, I think this is Hans Zimmer's best score he's done. Uh, it's just one of the one of my favorite movie scores just in general. I think it's beautiful. And there's so many, so many parts in it that just make me gray. Uh, there's, there's just, there's one scene in here that I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about without spoiling, but it makes me tear up every time, and it's horrifying. And just the thought of that actually happening to somebody is just horrible. And oh my god, just it hits me right in the feels every time. And it's just this feels like a throwback to like just sci-fi. There's just the perfect sci-fi movies and what it's like to explore space and explore like different planets and just kind of survive you know find find a way for humanity to survive so uh, i love this movie matthew mcconaughey's amazing in here there's so many great performances michael Caine's fantastic here and uh this is just a very very special movie to me infinitely rewatchable it's nearly three hours long but it just always blows by so quickly for me i love this movie i very much love this movie too between inception and interstellar Christopher Nolan has given me two of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Interstellar. Uh, that's the thing. Everything you said, I echo. Uh, music, acting, that one scene, all of it. I agree. Hans Zimmer, fucking master with the organ on this one. Um, what I did want to do in a different direction because I didn't want to exactly repeat all of that. Um, Interstellar. Uh, I remember that my wife needed to write an essay and I decided to help her. I don't remember what it was, but there was something where I could make an argument for anything. So I was like, Hey, what if we make an argument that interstellar is like a very deeply religious movie. And so after making that argument, I've now just slowly started thinking of interstellar as something that, yeah, it kind of handles itself in the science realm. I think of it almost in the same direction as Lost, where like Lost is a question of faith and love versus science and how love wins at the end of the day. Like my brain thinks of Interstellar in almost the same terms. So that's one direction. Um, the other thing with Interstellar is that Interstellar kind of taught me something where it's like, oh, so Interstellar is like, it taught me what I value in a movie. So I've always kind of separated movies between whether they have a plot focus or a character focus. And a lot of times movies can do both. Like it's not unheard of that that happens. But what I do want to bring up in that term is that Interstellar, I think the third act, I understand why people have problems with it. Like I completely understand. However, I don't. I very, very, very much still love the 
final decision to yeah we'll sacrifice plot for the characters and because i am so okay with that that third act just means like i love this even more so yeah i actually still really love this movie i think i haven't watched this one on my tv at all like i think that i've just only showed people off like the the docking scene to show off the speakers and the TV, but I don't think I've actually sat down to watch this with my 4K disc. So this is something I will have to do at some point. Uh, I have been toying with the idea of canceling the show at some point, so I am not going to promise a special episode. Just know that I would like to do one if for some reason I don't. Do not hold me to my word. This is not a promise that it gets one. Uh, um, all right, so Interstellar is going to be a Marv! Marv! And just Hans Zimmer blowing out your speakers out of time. Don't let me go, Marv! <laughs> 10 out of 10, cinema at its finest. You know what else is cinema at its finest? Yeah, speaking of 10 out of 10, cinema at its finest. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Who fucking boy. This is... You know what? We're going to just get into the episode here. Kino out of 10, fucking end it. Uh, end card. I'm joking. No, we're not going to do that. Um, this movie <laughs> Good. is... <laughs> no, I mean, we really could. You could. Yeah, no. That's how fucking good the movie is. We just do the same thing that you did with um, uh, Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, five words, peace, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once is something that is, I think, a supreme achievement of what it's able to do in being able to be so out there and yet still have the biggest heart possible where it feels like it's just pulling so many different random strands of whatever the fuck it wants to and then it just ends up grounding itself as a movie about the love a parent has for a child and it's like I don't know how you made it such a grand thing that can be boiled down to such a small thing. And I love it. I love this movie. I cannot wait to get the 4K. This is honestly going to be a day one buy, even though buying day one for physical discs is probably one of the stupidest things ever since the price always drops. But I love this movie. This is easily going to be one of my favorite movies of all time. I need to watch it again and see where it yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you saw this one in theaters. Uh, it's a special movie. It's just, there's just something that's so, it, there's so many movies out there that it's like, okay, like, I, I find it hard to recommend, like, I can recommend this movie to this type of people. I can recommend this movie to this type of people. I can recommend this movie to this type of people. But with everything everywhere all at once, it's really, like, there's not a lot of people I couldn't recommend this movie to. Like, it just feels yeah. like there's something almost for everyone in this movie. And no matter kind of where you are in your life or what you've experienced, like there's different things that might hit you differently in this movie, but there's something enjoyable in it for everyone. And the Daniels who just did a masterful job, masterful job with this, um, like their other movie, uh, Swiss army men, which I really like that movie too. And it's great. And you can definitely see the stepping stones they laid out there for this one. These guys are so fucking talented in what they were able to do with this. And it, it's like I said last uh, on the last episode, like you're literally like with this movie, you're, you're, you're juggling so many different, you're spinning so many plates 
Like there's so many fucking plates and so many things going on in this movie. And if one of them tumbled, like everything in this movie could have failed and tumbled so easily. Yes. And they just pulled it off so masterfully. Every single thread, every single joke had purpose and meaning behind it. And just full props to them and, and full props to this movie. I, I, I doubt this is going to break the Oscars streak of ignoring A24, nope. but I imagine this is the movie that A24 is probably going to push at the Oscars. So I if hope they, they the get money. something for it, like at least a couple of nominations. But good God, this is film. This is cinema. Like it absolutely is. This movie is so impressive to me because it just feels like there's so many different tendrils that go into completely yeah. different directions. And your brain just goes, oh, OK, like it's just it's multiverse shit. It's just going to keep going in different directions. And that's OK. And then you just get to this ending. You're like, wait, all of that had a point like it's not just random multiverse shit. And then you yeah. get there. and It's just like, oh, my God, it's. It is like seeing the ending to five different shows at the same time and finding out that they were all related. It's like, I don't know how you even did this. I don't know how you accomplished this. You know, the funny thing is, is that I, you know, I love beating up Marvel. I really do. But within that same breath, I do want to give credit to the Russo brothers for how they were able to direct Civil War and how they were able to direct both of the final Avengers movies because those are such large cast of characters and they tend to juggle almost perfectly being able to balance between all these characters going back and forth and while it may feel like okay yeah it's been a while since we got to this person I kind of forgot they were in the movie. If that is the worst complaint you can give for juggling like a cast of like 40 different characters and like almost all of them are basically A-listers from their own like whatever, uh, that is impressive and that deserves to be commended. And the fact that they have a producer credit on here, I almost wonder if they did help out with being able to balance everything that this movie does. Like this movie is spinning so many plates at one time and then you see them put the plates on top of each other in the final act. Like, I don't know how you even did that. But, yeah, this movie is, it's really fucking good. And I watched this movie probably at, like, what, I think maybe the day that the last episode went live. So even two weeks later, I still think about this movie as positively as I do. And I still remember it as much as I do. That's pretty special because I feel like a lot of my selections that I have get fucked over by the time that the next episode rolls around. But no, not this one. Like this one has stood has stood the test of time of 15 days to leave me still very positive on the movie. And I cannot wait to roadshow this one. I cannot wait to show it to everyone around me and let them know, yeah, this movie is really that fucking good. Yeah, just... I, wa- I by the way, I did rewatch it. So uh, second time was just as good. Uh, picked up on more stuff even, and it's just such a smart, clever movie and worth everyone's time. So it's still a five out of five. Still the best movie I've seen this year, and good luck topping it. <laughs> I I actually really love that we've probably heaped the most positivity on this in the entire episode. And there's this is probably gonna be one of the shortest topics. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, yeah, you know you know how it is. Fuck, fuck positivity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it was disgusting. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a 
you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and give everything everywhere all at once a everything everywhere all at once out of 10. Perfect. Like, like there's nothing I could need to joke about. There's something about <laughs> yeah. that title that's perfect. It really is. Yeah. Um, 10 out of 10. Cinema at its finest. All right. I think maybe when I cut this episode down, it might be close to 240, 245. Yeah, we have some downtime in there, so we'll be good. Okay, wonderful. All right. Uh, did you want to talk about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Because I knew you were talking about that. <laughs> no, fuck. Just, just fucking open your brain and do some research. They're both shitty people. That, that's all I have to say. <laughs> what a great end card, right? That's a great way. To <laughs> fucking end card. Okay, yeah. No, no, remember not to pe- shit in people's beds. Now say it again. End card. Hey, look at you. You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show, a big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.